The podcast where my friends and I talk all things gaming. I'm your host, Joelle, joining you for another week with Kelly. Hi, everybody. Gabe. Hello. And Brandon. What is up? Gabe, you broke up on your hello. I only heard the low yeah. part. And like your camera. Well, hello it's again. Literally like, can you guys hear me? Right can you guys hear me? Yeah, yeah, you guys still hear me? Wait, can you guys hear me? Yeah, yeah. Yes, we can hear you. Yeah. Mm. Well, what's wrong with my camera quality? I need to get a new camera. Yeah. It was just breaking up for a sec. Yeah. Um, Is so, it fine now? Am I good now? It's okay, yeah. Please don't do weird dances. So, so... <laughs> first of all, I always say Air I gaming will, over there. and I never do. So the first thing I'm going to do is ask you guys how you've been. Yes. And what you've been Ooh. playing. Okay, I'll go. Because it's been a busy game week. And I have one game in particular that I want to talk a little bit about. I know. But I'll say that again. First, I'll just get my stream stuff out of the way. So, uh, Jarrell, Gabe, and Gray joined us for the beginning of Super Mario 3D World. That was a lot of fun. Playing yeah. Chaos, but we made it through a shitload of progress, so I'm very happy about that. Can't wait to uh, do uh, the, do more this coming Friday. Uh, myself and Annie played more River City Ransom. Can I say that this Friday is a charity stream? So if this gets out before the stream, which I highly doubt, uh, make sure you check still us need out. Another episode. Huh? Still need the other episode to go out. Oh, the other episode came out last week. It's just not up on YouTube. But anyone who listens oh. would already know that. And if someone was on their social well, media shit, they would have posted it. Oh! <gasps> Oh, you know That's what? That's why I'm saying, because I didn't see it on it. You know what? It yeah, is, it is yeah. my fault, because I didn't hit publish. But it's been out for days. I, no, I've i had a week. I've had a week. Okay. I'm so sorry. Well, hey, if you're, if you're listening to this and you haven't listened to our latest podcast, do so because it was a hell of a podcast. We talked a lot about the Nintendo Direct. But continuing on. Um, yeah, so me and Annie played River City Ransom. Very cool old school game. RPG aspects. Love it. Did our season one finale of HP Critical Doesn't Hold Up. Woo! Played the final NES games. Ooh, very excited to move on to Season 2 this Monday with Super Nintendo games. Definitely looking for that graphical leap. The last two games, Nightshade sucked. It doesn't hold up at all. The other game I played, <laughs> the other game I played, Fire and Ice, the actual last game did hold up, thankfully, because, oh boy, I would have been sad if it landed off on a bad note. But uh, then Wednesday, I played some more Super Mario Galaxy. That's pretty much it for streams. Oh no! I'm sorry, I'm lying. Because also, Persona 5 Strikers came out, and I did a launch stream of that. That was tons of fun. Can't wait to play more. I, I miss the Phantom Thieves, so I'm happy to see them again. Aww, and then, they're the best. And then, they are the best. And I did two streams of Fortune Street because I messed up scheduling stuff, so I had to do two in one week. So there you go. Anyway, non-stream stuff. Um, my usual, Besides my usual <clears throat> rotation of Yukio and uh, Breath of the Wild, I got to try out the Project Triangle Strategy demo. And before I continue... Have anyone else in this podcast put any time into that? Your boy put in five minutes. <clears throat> but okay, so Woo! I will give my non spoiler thought. <laughs> I will give my non spoiler thoughts on Project Triangle Strategy. Um, my thesis statement is quite simply if this game gets 
if the game get the demo is promising, if it keeps going like this, this has a very real contender. This is a very real um, possibility. This may end up being my 2022 game of the year. I love Dang. what I play. Like, there's, I, I, I like if this gets fleshed out. Yeah, no, there's, there's definite potential with this game. Like, I already enjoy tactical RPGs. That's my jam. Um, I really, really like the uh, choice aspect of it, where you get all these like mini choices as you go forward. But then you get like one big choice, which completely changes the second mission of the demo. And it like there's actual consequences with it, and I felt I actually had to think about it. Like when I first was president of the decision, I was like, oh, of course I'm going to do this. Then people started like giving me more information, and you have to use that information to persuade others to see your point of view if you want them to go to the decision. Because by the way, when you make these big decisions, it ain't all up to you. You have to convince others to agree with you. It's more like a vote thing. So even if you say I want to do big decision, but you don't convince the others to see your point of view, they'll vote for that thing. And then you still won't get your way. In the case of a tie, it does go whatever way you picked, but ties are rare, obviously. So, yeah. So there's a little bit of visual novel aspects to it because when you have to make these big decisions, first you have to make it. First you have to think about what you want to do. And then once you've made your decision, before you even start the voting process, you have to go around and find information that, why am I right? And then you have to tell the people who are kind of voting the other way. It's like, hey, I found this out. We should probably do this. And they'll either be like, hmm, maybe you're onto something. I think I will vote the other way. Or be like, man, bitch, I don't care. And then you, and you won't convince everybody. It's impossible to convince everybody to go to your, it won't get a landslide, but you can get at least most of them. And that's what I like about it, that you can influence it in that way. So yeah, I really like that, the tactical RPG the aspects of it. And one last thing is the story is actually dark, like very dark. It gave me serious Game of Thrones vibes. And I'm not saying that just because it's a high fantasy game. Like, legit, Invading Kingdom comes. They're way too freaking strong. There's multiple houses that are opposed to them. But you have to think about your people. So there's literally, like, phrase like, use the bend the knee. A king gets beheaded in a very similar way to uh, a certain character in season one of Game of Thrones. And the character, the, the camera will even switch perspectives in, like, side stories so you're not always necessarily focusing on your protagonist and his party. You sometimes can see what's going on in this kingdom, what's going on in that kingdom. How are they reacting to what's going on right now? And how is it going to build a story? And it seems to be optional. You don't even need to have all this story to it. But it's there for you if you really want this world to feel fleshed out. And I watched everything, and I'm enjoying it. I will thank you, Drill, because I know you and Grayson mentioned last week that there was a lot of um, <laughs> cutscenes going into it. So I made sure to set some time out for this demo. I was like, okay, this game's going to tell me a story. This demo is going to tell me a little bit of a story. Let me be ready for this. I was prepared, and I enjoyed it. So I highly recommend that that whoever has tried the demo, and I do meet anyone, it's completely free. It's it's worth a try. It may be you may end up really enjoying it, even if tactical RPG is not your thing. The story alone might be enough to get you. I can't promise you'll love it, but it's free. So if you don't like it, you don't like it. But yeah. I'm re I'm really enjoying it. Can't wait for the full release. Already submitted my survey. Man, that game! It sounds like everything that Jarrell wants. And then I I think it. I think I think you'll love it. But I will admit that the main party is not diverse. But I what? <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. The main party is 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 not that diverse at all. But I have a strong suspicion that won't be an issue in the final game. 
because you do see a little bit in the demo of the other kingdom that the story doesn't focus on, and it seems very likely that that's where probably most of it will be. All the brown skin people live in one area. It's a desert, and the and the main character <laughs> they're focusing. It's the main character they're focus on, and was I'm yeah. I just got like Legend of Zelda Gerudo vibes. Like, just throw all the black people in the desert, bro. And then yeah, they travel the so they survive. Um, no, that um, I, yeah. So that that game sounds like everything that I would want. But um, and I enjoy story, and I can totally take a game that takes its time. But it does take its time. It's a, I, even though you're even though you're thrown right in, it does take its time to tell you the story. Even knowing that this is just literally the middle of a story that's already going on, and it's just a demo, they still fuck you up with story. And I'm about it. it just, it's an it's. I'm glad they did it because I know a lot of people are not about it. But like now, I'm invested in the story that they're going to be telling me next year. Even though we're just thrown right into the middle of it. I think it's just the way that it's been told because I got bored. Um. It, and, yeah. you know, I, I love games that drop you, you know, in Meteor Rest, like, Persona 5, like, that's a lot of talking. That's a lot of text. They never shut the fuck up. <laughs> but I love that game. This game, there's a lot of talking. There's a lot of text. I even like the voice acting. I think it's really good. But it just didn't grab me in the same way that a game like Persona would. And I am sure that it will eventually. But I also don't like tactical RPGs. Even though Fire Emblem Three Houses is one of my favorite games, I don't yeah. like tactical RPGs. Um, I, I can find that they, for me personally, can get a little bit boring. So I love that they had that fast forward feature. You know, when I was playing the game, I was like, mm-hmm. "What would I change in the survey?" And I couldn't find anything, honestly. That yeah, was so, wrong with it. Even even though I game. put even though I put significantly more time in the demo, there wasn't that much I put as like could be improved either. Like literally, though, the only small stuff was like, "Oh, maybe you could add like a." log like uh, you know how in persona they have a log where if you miss a dialogue you can go into the text log so you can hear old dialogues mm-hmm. it kind of needs that and it needs like an auto advanced feature not just a fast forward feature so that you know it's, it's most of this is voice acted anyway so you'd kind of want them to like scroll to the next text when they're done voice acting the line right instead of having to like manually click it or at least this is an option that's it just yeah. like those two little minor UI quality of life things the game itself I think is solid on its own it's oh, so good and, yeah. that's a game yeah. sorry you know, all I was going to say, Drew, is um, I highly recommend whenever you get time to play the demo and you complete the first mission, I'd make a second save file so you can see what happens when you make the other choice. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm... What really has me excited is making choices in the game to see how different they are. Because I remember you were like, oh, which which um person did you get in your party based on... Like, mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I would love to just... Like, this is total Three Houses vibes. Like, I would love to just sit around and play yep. this game with everyone and see which, which way they went. Which... And which story they got. Yeah, Christy got a party member that I never got. And I'm like, how did you get him? And yeah. I'm like... Yeah. But yes, I did say... The first thing I said when I saw this was, oh my god, they're so white. Yes, I said yeah. it. Anyone yeah. who listens knows that's probably what I said. Hopefully y'all aren't sick of me yet. But, um... <laughs> <laughs> like, they were... I was like, oh my god, they... Like, no tans. Nowhere. And, the, like, out of the initial eight characters that you have for your There's tactical like RPG... girl that is... There's skin. one girl that's dark-skinned, yeah. And just I was that, like, that's damn, it. where she came from? Not here, because clearly black people don't exist in this area. Uh, which is fine. That's fine. They all migrated to the desert, apparently. You know, it is what it is. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, but yeah, hopefully, I, that's a game that you need time to play. And I started the night. You need time. And I yeah. was like, mm, fall asleep. And then I tried the next day and I got busy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's not a quick, that's not a quick go in game. You need to set some time for yourself if you're going to try that demo or the full game when it comes out next year. But what have I been playing? Because I just. Yes, what have you been playing? Long tangent. I'm so sorry. I've been playing nothing at all. I played not a single game this week. I popped in Persona 5 Strikers, played for two seconds, and then some stuff came up. I wasn't able to play it. I haven't touched Yakuza. I haven't touched Breath of the Wild, which are the games that I have been playing. What I am going to be playing tomorrow, though, is Plug Time uh, Dragon Quest XI S Definitive yes. Edition because of names and Final Fantasy X 2 because on February 28th, uh, in a few days, actually, we will be recording our final episode of JRPG Club for Final Fantasy X. And the first episode for season two, which is either going to be Final Fantasy X two or Dragon Quest Eleven, we got some new people coming in. Um, some who've never played a Final Fantasy game before, some who've never played a JRPG before. Um, we got some returning voices, um, including some favorites that I know that people have mentioned. So it's going to be really fun to talk, you know, theories and characters and who we like, who we hate, why there are no black people in either game, you know. The usual. I'm just kidding. I know everyone's so sick of me. I'm gonna keep going. Um, and and I'm super excited to talk about Final Fantasy X too because of the uh, you know how different it is from Final Fantasy. It's I'm very different. Kidding. Yeah, I'm everyone's reactions. About it you know, and I'm not gonna say something misogynistic like "give me more vaginas" like I did last time. But I am gonna say there are lots of there's you know awesome girl power in X two, and it's so great to see. So. Uh, I just can't wait to talk about that with all the ladies that are joining us for JRPG Club soon, including Christy. So um, she better she better get her shit together, Christy. Yeah, um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, that's what I'm going to be playing. Um, Kelly Gabe, what you guys been up to? Nothing? Can go. Uh, okay. yeah, no, not much. I mean, I just worked. Yeah. I haven't played anything this week, actually. Same. I haven't played a single game. But I did try a new game, I guess, last week. I tried this game called At Dead of Night. Um, it's terrifying. I, I couldn't even get very <laughs> far. It. It's like, it's another one of those games that has like smart AI and the guy's like Oof. following you around this hotel. And it already made me jump once because there was like this ghost that I, it scared me, but. I gotta get like more drunk to be able to play it because it's scary. <laughs> so I'm thinking like tomorrow night. Yeah. I'm probably like, gonna play some night. Call of Duty. Fuck it. <laughs> Season two of Black Ops Cold War. I'm I'm down for that. So mm-hmm. I'll probably just do that. Play some zombies. But I can't even think of anything I've played. Yeah. Like I don't even know. I had the same week. I had the same week. I have not had a day off since last Wednesday. And I don't get one until Saturday. And Saturday is date night, so... Must be nice. Somewhere. Oh, yeah, for anybody who's listening to this and you want to go on a date with me, I'm totally available. Jarell, I want to go on a date with you. Kelly, let's go! Oh my god! I'm sorry, (laughs) listeners, I just yelled. Kelly, let's go. We would have so much fun. I know. And then we're just going to make date attack vlog. Uh, Yeah, of course. So, Gabe, what you been playing? Nothing? Oh, he has a, a list. He's got a list. I have a book. He's got black. Book um, but also here. something I didn't include in the book. <clears throat> the only color they had in the store. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's not listed. Uh, Valheim, which I 100% recommend 
anybody listening, it is a fun Viking survival game. That looks a little bit like HD RuneScape. Um, I've been playing... It's you surprisingly get used to like the pixelated graphics of that game. Like I, I first played it and I was like, did I really just spend money on like, I really dropped twenty bucks on this game just to play RuneScape in HD? And but then like the more <laughs> I played, it, I was like, wait a minute, this is actually really fun. Oh my um, god, Gabe, that reminds me. Today, I, I on my date today, I um got. Almost I was bringing up at. that he's been on dates like the past. Oh my god! Days. I got almost yelled at anyway. because I was telling I was telling this guy about because he was like, "Oh, tell me all about your Zelda experience," and I was like, "Oh my god, he's about to be so disappointed! <laughs> like, it's two games long." And I was telling him about how I was not enjoying Breath of the Wild because at first, like, I hated it, and then you got me to play it again, and I'm I love it now. But I was expressing how ugly it was graphically, and he was like, "I will leave right now. You're wrong. How could you say this?" Like, he just went on this whole like, "What's wrong with you? It's a beautiful game." And I was like, "Bro, like, if you leave, at least pay the fucking bill. Like, what? What? It's not." <laughs> did you tell him while telling him how ugly the game was? Did you say that Sword and Shield looked better? No, I didn't. But he's like, he's he 100% fan, would have so. left. No, he 100% would have. He probably Even the Pokemon fans I know, if they would have heard that, they would have been like, mm, I don't think Gabe is the one that's hopped up on Coke during these podcasts. <laughs> but you're kind um, of reminded me. <laughs> I'm not either. reminded me of talking about how bad uh, Brother Watt looked. But look, I, I think it looks bad, but I'm enjoying the hell out of it. Play Valheim. I think that, like, even though we just talked about this, like, I don't think that's a game you'd enjoy solely because of the graphics. <laughs> like, the graphics would drive you away in five minutes. I watched and Kelly never play go it, back. and I was like, "Oh, this looks like fun," but then I was like, "I can't. I probably can't." Yeah. Um. So I I've been playing because I'm alone. So <laughs> you're alone. No, it. No, it's funny though. It's funny because that's why I stopped playing after I first bought it too. But then the thing is, like, once you get into it, because, like, once you start, like, chasing the missions and stuff, like, you start, like, finding out, like, how to upgrade everything. It's like, I don't need more Viking homies. I got this on my own. And then I went on Twitch. I went on Twitch and I saw someone playing it with, like, five other people. And I was like, I I take everything I just said back about it's that so, game. It looks I so need. fun with more people. Yeah. Um, I've been playing Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Spider-Man yeah, like Remastered. Do you finish the game? Now, I feel like you have this list, and it's been no. the same. Oh, yeah, okay, because well, the thing is, like, one, if you notice, all these games are long games. I don't like playing short story games. I feel like I get robbed off my money for that. If I'm going to buy a single-player game, it needs to be a long game, a.k.a. Skyrim. That's why I have a copy of Skyrim on everything I own. But also, Spider-Man Remastered, I didn't start playing until last week. So, shit. Um, <laughs> which I have to say is such an amazing game on yes. ps5 i've already gotten farther uh farther than um i did on the ps4 version mm. and i 100 not 100 like a good chunk of that is because of the controller itself like i'm swinging and feeling like the the, um, the resistance on the trigger buttons is like huh. um out of war i'm not gonna play it for like 10 minutes uh the super mario world 3d world i was laughing at me again um, <laughs> to Game Boy games, I'm not gonna read. Uh, Lego Lord of the Rings got it on my PS, uh, my PC again. 
Dragon Quest Eleven, which I will admit, I think since I've been on this podcast, I've been saying I'm playing that game. That game's just incredibly long. Uh, I have them three houses Ooh. and a link to the past because I needed something a little different from Breath of the Wild while I cry about the fact that Nintendo hasn't been said smidge of Zelda's 35th anniversary, but Pokemon's over here announcing a direct Friday. Tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. Tomorrow morning. Can't wait. Oh, you sit on remake, start crying on Saturday when you notice and wake up that you're not getting a remake. Why are you such a <laughs> hater? Like, people can't have Zelda. No, because, no, okay. Because here's the thing. I don't mind. I'm a Pokemon fan, but the thing is, like, <laughs> I've seen. It's not my fault that just because I don't like the same little leafy, stupid grass type Pokemons that you like, and I you like the actual me. OG Charizard okay. Pokemon. Um, no, because here's my thing. Like, at first, it, it, like, I didn't start off as like, like a Sinnoh remake hater, or another example is a Sword hater. It's just I like when people. This is again. This is another perfect example of drills. Like Nintendo fans like need to calm the fuck down. Like. Every time New Year comes and there's a direct at the beginning of the year or a Pokemon uh, stream at the beginning of the year, mm-hmm. and there's no Sino uh, Sino remake, people just like they start shitting on the company entirely. Like when yeah. Sword and Shield came out, when I was going through Twitter, people were like, "Why the fuck are we getting a new region when Sino still hasn't been remade?" I'm like, "Bro, the only two regions that have been remade are Hoenn for the 3DS <laughs> and Anto for the Switch." The like, got remade as well. What? Well, the made? thing is, Hodo, uh, Jodo, oh. yeah. that technically got remade, but like again, people aren't <laughs> gonna count that because it's been so long. Like every time my like, Pokemon Nintendo says something like, at the beginning of the year, everyone's like, "Where the fuck is our Sinnoh remake?" I'm like, "Bro, there's seven regions. Two of them have been remade. Technically, three if we count the 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 Hodo one." I'm down. Oh, no. Like like Poke like Pokemon's not gonna like just remake games for like a couple of years in a row. They want to make new stuff. That's why, like, I start getting, like, I get a little devilish laugh in me when I see that and someone's like, there's no Sinnoh remake and else. I'm like, yeah, well, that's what you get for being impatient, you sack of shit. At this point, I feel like Pokemon could probably be doing this on purpose. Like, <laughs> we see your feedback. We hate all of you for not respecting <laughs> our game and our decisions. So we're just not going to give you what you want. Suck it up and wait. And then again, you know, if you get your Sinnoh remake, then, you know, congratulations. But- oh, nice golf clap. By the way, just, uh... This this is not anyone who's listening to this. The Pokemon presents already happened. I hope you guys are happy with it. I hope you're you're, you're happy with it. But like, this isn't coming out tonight. Before no, it's not. I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's like, yeah. but yeah. like, if you're disappointed, no, no. I'm just gonna. If you're disappointed by the Pokemon presents, yes, set your expectations too high. I'm just gonna say that right now. I My expectations never been it's disappointed. A, it's a Pokemon presents and not a Pokemon direct. And the only reason I clarify that is because that means it could be like anything. It could be like a mobile game you don't care about. It can be a. It can be the next generation, or it can be the remakes that people are asking for. It could be any of those. But it's not a Pokemon direct, so they are not beholden to the Switch. It could literally be anything. It could be a product that you don't. That I'm laughing. May or may not want. Like. 20 minutes of just Pokemon Go information. Or, you, know, no, you know what? You joke? You joke. That, but Pokemon Go still has letter before. IDs. They, they have. Presents too. have always... Yes, every Presents has had at least one Go thing saying that, hey, this region Pokemon is coming. You, The raids are going to begin like tomorrow or something. Or something. So yeah, no. I, I That's one prediction I'm willing to make. There will be something Go in tomorrow's Presents. We also Anything have, else? Um... 
uh, Pokemon Unite. I'm sure we're going to get something new on that tomorrow. Probably, True, I, said, because, I forgot about that game. And Pokemon Sleep is probably going to get a mention as well. You know, there's a lot of... You don't think so? I really don't, because they've been so quiet on... I mean, it's not I've got to be quiet in Sleep. Like... <laughs> but, like, it's such a simple... It seems like such a simple app, but they haven't talked about it. I just, like... If it, if it does get brought up, I hope it's coming out the same day, because... Like smile, like that yeah. toothbrush, toothbrushing one. Too... I don't think I don't think sleep was even an app that needed to be announced beforehand. I think like smile should have just been announced and it's coming out. Why you hate them? I'm I'm so excited. I'm hyped for Pokemon Sleep. I'm hyped. I'm just trying to control my hype. Like I'm just saying, if the next big Pokemon game doesn't come out tomorrow, I'm not gonna be disappointed. I love I'm just, Pokemon. I love Pokemon, and I just want to see whatever comes out. That's just me. Whatever it is, I'll be happy. I Same. will sleep Same. Pokemon, I will breathe Pokemon, I want to be the very best like no one ever was to get to Cast is not real to test. Train is my cause, you know, I was born to train beautiful Pokemon for Pokemon contests because I only like beautiful Pokemon. Oh well, yeah, they should bring that contest. They should. Pokemon contest are great. My bitches would win because they're cute as fuck. That's just <laughs> that. Uh, so, have you guys seen Avatar The Last Airbender? Hell oh. yeah. Did you say no? Yes. I said yeah. Okay, so everybody has seen it, right? Yep. Uh-huh. Love it. I watched it for the first time last year when it came to... Um, yes, yeah, I remember I know, that. For the first time when it came to um, Netflix, and I was yeah. like, how did I miss the show? It's so, so good. So, of course, this week, um, there was an announcement over on Nickelodeon Animation, and it says, we're so excited to announce the launch of Avatar Studios with co-creators Mike and Brian. They'll be having new adventures coming to Nickelodeon and Paramount+. Plus. So yeah, there's going to be a brand new um, studio, Avatar, a brand new studio, oh my god, a brand new studio called Avatar Studios, and they will create content based on the world of Avatar, The Last Airbender, and The Legend of Korra. Have you guys seen Legend of Korra? I haven't. I haven't. Okay. I I enjoy it. Uh, And so a little bit about this article, which is over at UW.com, it says, when the world needed it most, the Avatarverse has returned. Nickelodeon is launching the Avatar <laughs> Studios, a new division to create original content spanning animated series and movies based on the worlds of Avatar The Last Airbender and The Legend of Korra. The network announced Wednesday during Viacom CBS's in- Investor Day presentation. Original creators and executive producers Michael DiMartino and Brian Koinetsko will lead the studio as co-chief creative officers. The first project is already lined up, and it is an animated theatrical film set to begin production this year. In an animated theatrical, wow. Yeah, animated theatrical. In an exclusive nice. statement to EW, the two express their excitement to develop their franchise and its storytelling on a vast scale in myriad exciting ways and mediums. And they say it's hard to believe it's been 19 years since we created Avatar The Last Airbender, but even after all that time, there's still many stories and time periods... <laughs> In Aang's world that we are eager to bring to life. We're fortunate to have an ever-growing community of passionate fans that enjoys exploring the Avatarverse as much as we do. And with this new Avatar Studios venture, we have an unparalleled opportunity to develop our franchise and its storytelling on a vast scale. Um, hold on. There's no way it's been 19 years. Definitely feel like I was Fuck. older when it started. I didn't watch well, I did my math high right. school, so... Mm. I caught it. Like, will be 19 years. I was six, but I, I feel like I caught it when I was in You were six in 2002? 
So was I. Yes, I'm a kid. No, you, nine, you were. You were in college no in 2010, Varel. You can't fake it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> it's on the whole fucking podcast. Oh, God damn it! I gotta edit all this out. Uh, so anyway, um, are you guys excited to see more of Avatar? Are you over Avatar? Did the hype come back watching the Nickelodeon series on Netflix? Are you excited to see more more from the world of Aang? Would you rather prefer to see things from Korra? What do you think about this new movie venture upcoming? Tell me your thoughts. Okay, hey, both so them. what's up? What'd you hey, say? Both of them. He both of them? Yeah, no, I, I wouldn't mind seeing a little bit of both, but let me just say this right off the bat. I'm shocked that apparently they have so many... I mean, let's be clear. The world of Avatar Last Airbender is a very vast world. They did a lot of lore building even within the first show, even before we got Korra. So, obviously, there's a big world there. That being said, though, I'm shocked that they had so much ideas for new stories in that world that they're building a whole damn studios just to tell those stories. I didn't even know, I didn't catch that part about this first project being animated theatrical. That makes me excited because, you know, that means it's going to be all kinds of like animated features to tell these stories. And, um, I don't necessarily want every one of their ideas to be shows. So the idea of these be some of these being movies, that's cool. I like that. Um, I'm just interested in see what comes out of this. I'm just, I just had no idea they had this many ideas and I'd be interested to see what the first film was. And <laughs> a lot of people online are worried. Because they didn't like the uh, Legend of Korra, but I can't relate because I love the Legend of Korra, so I'm excited for whatever comes out next. I felt like Legend of Korra was a more mature show, kind of, than um, Avatar. Yeah. In a sense. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, and also, and also, Avatar: The Last Airbender was one. You know, it was three books, but it was still one continuous story for the most part. Where Korra, every book it had four books as opposed to the three that Last Airbender had. But every book had like a distinct, like had a start and an end. Like there's no overarching villain for the entirety of Korra. There's four main villains for one for each book that Korra has to deal with. So like it was a very different. An Aang, honestly, I was like, as a character, yes. Like as a character, yeah, no, Korra's a way more interesting character. She was a little headstrong, but I liked her more than Aang, honestly. Yeah, like she had her her character dynamic was more interesting than Aang's. I personally think. I think I like the overall story of The Last Airbender better, yeah. but I like Korra, the, Korra as a character yeah, more than Aang. Because, I mean, you know, Avatar has that sense of the stories that we all love, you know? A group traveling together, learning together, journeying, you know, it's the classic party, right? Like, mm-hmm. you, you're right. different people using their different powers. Um, you got the comic relief guy, like, you got the whole thing, you got the whole setup, but you know, Korra was very much... Um, I don't think it was that. Like, they weren't traveling the world together, you know? It's a very concentrated thing. But as far as, like, exploring the world, I would love to see things from both. Because I, 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 like, I think there's so much left over from Avatar. Like, with all the previous, um, what are they called? Avatars. Avatars. <laughs> yeah. All the previous Avatars. <laughs> All the previous avatars, you know, we, we have, you know, scenes from some of them, but there's so much more there to explore. And then all the future avatars after them, right? I think there's, I think Netflix was a way to see people, to gauge people's interest. And it was definitely there for a show that was that old, that had already been on Netflix, that was just returning. Like it was an entire Right, research. it was just returning. It wasn't like it was made the first time. In fact, quick story. 
I did not watch Avatar Last Airbender live when it was coming on Nickelodeon. Like, that completely bypassed me. Everyone else watching, Same. I was like the sole, sole holdout. When it came on Netflix the first time, not the most recent time, but this was like maybe, this was like a year before the Cor- Lords of Korra premiered. I, I binged the whole show. Like, I watched a few episodes, like, all right, it's on Netflix. Let me see what this is all about. And then I just kept watching, and then I kept watching, and then I just didn't stop watching <laughs> because I loved it so much. And then, you know, I caught up right before Korra, and I was very happy that I was able to do that. Oh, and one little quick thing before I um, pass the baton is that a lot of a lot a lot of people hold Cora uh, hold this against Cora because they just a lot Cora has a lot of episodes where there's like flashbacks of like older Aang, you know, when he was uh, still alive, him doing his uh, adult stuff, and people are like, I want to show about that, and then and then just didn't like Cora because it wasn't that. So if there's one thing that I would look forward to in an Avatar Avatar Studios production is we can finally get those older Aang stories. So people can shut the fuck up and give Korra the chance it deserves. Honestly, whenever I, because I tried to start the Legend of Korra with my boyfriend, and we turned on the first episode, and obviously, if Korra is the new Avatar, the last one had to die. Yeah. Correct. So yeah. it starts, and Aang is dead. And in the first episode, my boyfriend's like, "Aang's dead. We're not watching this shit." And he just turned it off. And we, I bet we haven't watched it since. He's like, "Fuck this. No there Aang. I fucking hate this show." There we um, go. And that's, but, um, and yeah, yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. Yeah. Make the older so, Aang show so people can yeah. watch Korra for what it is. Yeah. So I think that I, I mean, I'll probably check it out, especially if they're going to do more stuff. But I think Nickelodeon is like trying to get back that high that they have with some of these older Nick shows. Yeah. They're remaking mm-hmm. Rugrats. I was just going to bring Yeah, that up yeah, yeah. That's like true. they're remaking a lot of shows because I don't think Nick has been good for some years now. Um, <laughs> like I can't even name a thing that's on Nick right no, now. No. SpongeBob is still on. Yeah, but that's, that's a hold. That's right. a hold down from the nineties. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. that's been around, and like they've still done okay, but there's nothing like good nostalgic like first couple of seasons SpongeBob. And I think that they're like trying to, like I said, they're trying to get back like that late nineties, early two thousands high of like Nick was the shit, and now it's like, eh. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. also, um, it's very interesting that you say you can't think of anything that's on there because I can't think of a show that has a storyline, like a continuous weekly storyline in the way that Avatar did. Oh, yeah. like hold on. Animated hold show. on. I have one example. It's not airing now, but Nickelodeon has pretty much become the home of like the Ninja Turtles animated shows. So the 2012 Ninja Turtles show like ended a few years ago. That one, I liked it because it was a nice balance of, like, the old, you know, campy 80s Ninja Turtles, where it was, like, Cowabunga doing all that stuff, and the 2003, which is a little more darker. It was, like, a little mix of that. But let me tell you, that show got dark, and they aired that in, like, Saturday mornings. Like, there's an episode where a major character just straight up got killed, and this was airing at, like, 80.30 in the morning. I'm like, bro, what the fuck? People at all times, Brandon. At all times, but like, like that—that was a prime time ass episode that they aired like a Saturday morning cartoon, and I was just like, "What is happening right now?" I I obviously had DVR that because I don't get up that early, but you know. Um, but yeah, that's what I'm saying. The Ninja Turtles, I think, was like the last good episodic like Nickelodeon show, and it's it's gone. There was another Ninja Turtle show came after it. It was alright, but it wasn't the same. It wasn't the same thing. It was just one-off adventures and stuff, but, you know. Yeah. Actually, three things I want from this studio. One of them being, I want to see if Zuko ever finds his mom, because that was one of the biggest oh, cliffhangers. Yeah. 
at the hands. But then the thing yeah. is, from what I've been hearing, is there's a bunch of com- like a bunch of uh, books, books and comics oh, of true. the Avatar, yeah. and that's where a lot of that stuff's explained. So I want to see that. The other thing I want to see is yeah. in yeah. the Legend of Korra, they had um had that in one of the arcs they had where she saw the story of the first Avatar. Yes, Avatar like, One. Dude, that was a such it, was, it was it was re- it was really good, but like kind of wanted from his perspective because a lot of it was like narration and then the mm. third thing i want and this one is more just like personal thing is i can't remember for the life of me cora's girlfriend's name asami sami i want what? more of their story i want more of their story and i think i just spoiled it for drill wait but that's too bad. Is and still for... dating that dude his brother Right, so spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't finished The Legend of Korra. um, One of the most quote-unquote controversial things that they did there was make Korra a bisexual or a lesbian. We don't know which one it was. No, I knew that, but I didn't know it was going to be a zombie. The thing is, a lot of of people complain because like, why are you putting this on a TV show? My thing with it was that there was no indication they they had feelings for each other. Like, they were basically, like, it looked like they were best friends, and then out of the blue, First it's like... All, that's how the best relationships start. No, but... No, it's true. There's but, like, the thing though. is, it was, it's literally... It, yeah, it literally, like... Maybe went she at the didn't end of the, know. The anyway, at the end of the show, it was literally, like... <laughs> we literally can't go to the and, that, and, and, like, boom, and that's it, and they walked into the spirit realm together, and that's it. Bro, that's that's, that's it. in the show. No, screw that. It's Wait, been out for a couple of years. Of sh- okay, well then I'll just never watch it again. Oh yeah, it's, yeah, it's been at the end. Yeah, the end of the show. It's literally like the like the very last episode is when it happens. Well, now I don't have to watch the show again. Thanks. You do because I'm, yep. you gotta you see how they break up anyway. Whatever. So that happens. Oh my god. Like and like I'm gonna be honest. Like I want to see like more of that because <laughs> they didn't wasn't like very highlighted during the show and then like just take your girlfriend out to the spirit world. Like I want to see what a date like that looks like. Like, was it going to take me to the spirit world? That's okay. It'd be, it'd be Jarell's about to if you don't <laughs> like spoiling, spoiling everything. And right? you know what? Also, in the show, they also show how um how Appa dies. So, no, I'm kidding. I will come to the I'm kidding. They don't show. They don't show how any of the previous characters pass away. I was going to make a face, but then I saw Kelly's face, and I was like, she did it for me. Great. I literally used to have my. All my Nintendogs named after Avatar characters. I, oh, I literally had like Appa, Momo, and Zuko. Yes. And like, I don't regret it. it, was, it was you shouldn't. Decision. You should hop on and <laughs> check how your, how your dogs are doing. I gotta check on them. Yeah. They're probably dead. Avocat, too. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, something else that happened this week um, Jet Set Radio. Did anyone actually play Jet Set Radio? I missed that one, even though I've always wanted to play it. Okay, so it's an older game, but apparently there's a new game. Uh, there's an uh, article over at Kotaku.com titled, If Sega Won't Make a New Jet Set Radio, These Guys Will. It says, if a new <laughs> game looks a lot like another game, that can sometimes be scandalous, as we all know. It, if it looks a lot like another game that everyone wants, a new one of, and never got, though... It's welcome. So the team Reptile uh, Bombs Rush Cyberfunk coming to PC is as close as we're going to get to Jet Set without anyone actually shouting Jet Set Radio. So, um, and uh, there's another article from Kotaku that says from this day forth, 
Bomb Rush Cyberfunk shall be known as Jet Set Radio 2. So, wait, what? That's what it says. What? And it also wait, hold says on. that. Can I? Can I oh, no, I'm sorry, continue. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm, 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 but, like, that's. Wow. Uh, it also says the, the full trailer, which is out now for anyone who wants to see it. The colors, the grinding, the graffiti, it's all there from the original. And it says if you're wondering why it doesn't just look like Jet Set, but also sounds like it, as you can see early on above, original composer Hideki Naganuma is working on this game as well. Um, oh, my God. Released, it's set to be released uh, on PC in 2022. Um, okay, go ahead, Brandon. No, just, like, how did this turn from, like, uh, homage fan project into, like, straight-up Jet Set Radio Future So that's tour? what I wanted to talk about. Because um, fans have been asking Sega for a Jet Set Radio sequel, and now this fan project has now turned into a sequel. So, yeah. what how are, are you guys... How are they doing this legally? Apparently, they... I'm assuming talk to Sega. It doesn't say. Um, but... How do you guys feel about a fan-made... You know, I think Sega's pretty... Never mind. How do you guys feel about a fan-made game turning into, like, an actual video game sequel that people have been asking for? I just thought about it now, and this is not unprecedented now that I think about it, because Sonic Mania was created by a fan because, like... Well, not just by a fan, but, like, Christian Whitehead, the guy who who was behind Sonic Mania... He had made a Sonic the Hedgehog 2 port on mobile devices that actually played really well and and some people say even better than the original Genesis game to the point where normally you get to cease desist from the company, but Sega actually offered them a job, and him a Sega job. again, doing the same thing. Yeah, and I didn't think about it from that perspective, so if they, it must be the same kind of deal where they just saw this fan project being bomb and uh, they just be like, hey, you know what? Why don't you just make uh, Jet Set Radio 2? Because we ain't. <laughs> and now you have the original composer from this game also right. working on it. It's like, yeah. get everybody together. You know, they, the fans want this. We can make money. You know, Sega, obviously, they have Persona, Shin Megami Tensei. You know, they've got some serious stuff up under their belt. But yeah. if people have been asking for this, and you have people making it, and it's getting, it has a Steam page that's already up. Um, it's got the interest. You've got people that want to work on it. It's like we talked about... Um, what companies decide to do when these things happen, right? Do you do you plop them with a cease and desist, or do you give them a job? Like that 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 kid that was um, that Fortnite was suing. Like, do you give this kid a job and help him help you make your game better, or do you just you know plop them with a fucking ooh, cease and desist order? I'm sorry, it's cold in here. Um. Well, <laughs> I can tell you that if Sonic Mania is any indication. I think Sega might be on the right path here, especially oh. if, like if, Je- if Jet Set Radio Two ends up g- as good, if not better, than Sonic Media, or in relation to like you know a new game compared to source material, then yeah, dude, Sega is going to be pretty much the trailblazers for this new new light here about this whole you know don't shut down these fans that are passionate about it, just offering the job and have them make the the game for a game if they're good enough to do so. Like I'm shocked. I'm shocked that this is happening again with a lesser, like Sonic was shocking enough because it's such a big property, but the guy knew how to make two so well that, you know, I guess they figured that he could handle Mania and he did. So if these guys have been working on this, uh, bomb run cyberfunk for so long and they said, Hey, just make it just a radio. Like, Oh, okay, cool. That just doesn't happen very often. There was a guy who tried to make a Sonic fan game, but then at some point realized he wanted to make it his own property. And then it became the game freedom planet. So that's the other side of the spectrum there where, you know, you change your 
um, where they started off as a fan project that they would never be able to profit from because it's not their property, and then just made it their own. In this case, they did make it their own and then got offered to make it the official thing. That's crazy. That's wild. I think it's cool. I hope the game turns out well. Because I'd love for this to be, this and Sonic made it to be an example of fan developers being, you know, trusted to make something that either isn't being made at all in the case of already a future or not being done the way the fans want in the case of Sonic Mania. What about you guys? How do you feel about this? Honestly, I'm thinking of a game now that I saw someone had done a Jurassic Park game and it was like legit, but I didn't play it. I just watched it. I'm trying to think just like a fan made Jurassic Park game. Mm-hmm. It was like pretty cool. I feel like I would play that. But, um, I mean, it's cool if they got jobs from this. I, it's weird that they would take the game and like turn it into something when it could just be its own thing. But I guess if they get paid, I would definitely do that. Well, and also, yeah, go ahead, Jerome. And they're getting recognition for yes. making sure. such a good, you know, game that they're putting it in as a sequel. I mean, that's pretty, that's pretty sick. It is pretty sick. Um, as far as I understand, it looks as if this was like a fan made you know, homage to the original right? that is now, they were just like, yo, this is so good, we're gonna give you the name and tack a two on it. So I think it, it, it kind of, I don't think it was meant to be just a Radio 2, obviously. No, it wasn't. Um, no. But I, I, I think it's like, yeah, I mean, that's, that's crazy, first of all. Like, the fact that you would just entrust people to your title that is like loved by like I've never played Jet Set Radio, but I've heard of it. You know, like I'm sure everyone's at least heard of the Jet Set Radio game. I'm, uh, it's like that's I don't know, man. That's a lot. That's it's, it's it, yeah. It's, it's it's been a lost cult uh, favorite. And to to Kelly's point of why wouldn't you make it his own thing? Like you could, and then you could just do whatever you want with it. But for people that love Jet Set Radio, that name holds a lot of importance to them, and. Honestly, with it being the actual sequel to a lost game, I think it will have do more sales than it would have if it was just oh, yeah. their own thing. I agree and with that. Hey everybody, so sorry about that. We had a little connection issue over here. Um, but to get right back into where we left off, we were talking about Jet Set Radio 2. And uh yeah, the last thing we were talking about is how awesome it is. Did um that that the studio is able to create another um, version of a game from fans. Like fans were able to create another version of this game. Um, Did anybody else want to add into onto this topic? I've said my piece. Yeah, I'm good for now. Understand the concept of love. That's the only only thing I know about Jet Set Radio. Understand the concept of love. Oh, I didn't even know that was a thing. And I know that because... Like, I know about it because in the, uh, what was it? The Team Sonic Racing Games, or not that one, I'm sorry. Sonic and Sega All-Stars Racing Games. If you go onto the Jet Set Radio stage, that's the song that's playing. It's like, I know that, the guy, I love it. And it just like, just, just like, the music is really good. I have, I have heard some of the Jet Set Radio music, and it's the main reason I actually do want to play that game at some point in the future. I don't know why, but my connection cut out when you started singing. So no one on the podcast. Well, you know, it's probably for the best. It's just <laughs> <right on. laughs> 
So the next thing that happened in the news recently was that apparently the PlayStation CEO Jim Ryan threw some shade at CD Projekt Red and the Cyberpunk 2077 launch, saying, we ship it when it's right. So this is over from PlayStation Lifestyle, uh, PlayStationLifestyle.net. And it says, PlayStation CEO Jim Ryan was busy recently with a boatload of new PlayStation announcements from an interview with GQ, and in it, he tossed a bit of shade at CD Projekt Red and the messy Cyberpunk 2077 launch. This is all quotes, not my words. Mm -hmm. Talking about launch dates for PS5 games and how the COVID pandemic has created a lot of uncertainty and difficulty, he made a reference that appears to call out CD Projekt Red launching Cyberpunk 2077 well before it was ready. Well, Ryan himself avoids naming any studios or titles in the quote, GQ thought it was an obvious enough reference to hyperlink their own Cyberpunk 2077 review too. And what he said was, you know, there are two approaches to this. You can either hold the date and put out the game irrespective of quality, or you can ship it when it's right. We've always taken the latter approach. There have been some... There have been some fairly high-profile instances of publishers trying the former approach. Uh, that's the end of the quote. It says, Cyberpunk 2077 may not be the only game that's been released well before it was ready to, but it certainly yep. counts as one of the most high-profile in recent memory. Ryan's focus here is saying that first-party PlayStation games aren't going to release until the developer and publisher feel the game is truly ready to be in players' hands, but he can't help but point out that that's not always how it's done at other developers. Mm-hmm. Wait, Sony through the shade? Yeah, he's saying that or this article is saying that Sony threw shade the president of um, Yeah. But yeah. like Sony threw shade at CD Project Red, Sony release No Man's Sky. <laughs> Wait, was that a Sony exclusive? It, it wasn't a Sony it was a Sony exclusive at first, yes. Oh, I didn't even know was that. It? They released it. it. Hello yeah, Games so, yeah. made it. Mm -hmm. Hello Games made the game, but Sony uh -huh. took it over. Or oh, I think they forced it out because they wanted the game. Anyway, I, I should look into that. But they released that. I think you're right. I don't know if they were just the were... publisher. Sorry. Or they weren't the developer. I think they were just the publisher. But I want to look yeah, it yeah. up now because you're going to throw shade? Like, fucking, I mean, you know. Technically, it wasn't really an exclusive because it came out on PC days later. Well, either way. No, but what she's saying... It wasn't that, an exclusive, but Sony was the publisher. Uh, I, I, get, I get what she's saying, yeah. but... Well, CD... Wait, CD Project Red. That wasn't an exclusive. And, and it's so far, technically... It, it might have been that Sony, like, kind of like... <laughs> Hello Games because it's still published under Hello Games alone. Mm. Could have been that Sony gripped them. Expecting <clears throat> your point still stands. Right. What I will say about this is PlayStation Lifestyle is technically what they are the ones that linked their Cyberpunk 2077 um, review, right? So he didn't come out and say that he was actually talking sure, right, about right. Cyberpunk 2077. Obviously, we can speculate and say that he's talking about Cyber 2077, Cyberpunk 2077. But, it, you know, this this is really putting words in people's mouths. I think that, you know, even though it seems like that's probably exactly what it is, um... I don't like the way this was written or reported uh, because it really does just like even the title 
of that article just makes it seem like this guy like threw shade at Cyberpunk 2077, like specifically, and he didn't aim anything. And even if he did, um, I think it was done in a better way than the title of the article suggests. Um, so I don't like articles that are written like that because I feel like that really, it's just going to make me think, wow, Sony is like, like what Kelly said, like y'all, y'all acting like y'all put out shit that was completely dead. I mean, Street Fighter V came out and had nothing like base game had absolutely nothing. And that is a PlayStation exclusive. And it was for a very long time. Y'all put out games with nothing at all. And I'm sure there are other games in your PlayStation library that, you know, had some issues when they were first released that didn't necessarily deserve to be there. Um, Anthem is another one that people were like, you know, what is this? This isn't done. This isn't ready. Y'all didn't take Anthem down, right? So, like, <laughs> I think it's it's really not fair to say that he was talking specifically about Cyberpunk 2077, even though we probably all know he was because he didn't actually say it. Maybe he was just being too pussy to say it, but, I mean, y'all took the whole fucking game down from the PlayStation Store. But what really boggles my mind is that cyberpunk 2077 is still not available for purchase on the psn like this was in november it's february like i don't think ever i've never heard of a game being taken this high profile of a triple a title being taken down for this long and still being unavailable like you could technically obviously go pick it up at the store but this is so crazy. Like, this cyberpunk thing just keeps going on and on. You can't even go buy the fucking game on the PlayStation Network store. But that's all I had to say about that. Yeah, and I looked it up. No Man's Sky was... It was under Hello Games only, but I do remember. It had... Like, why... How was Sony involved then? Maybe they just, like, had their name wiped. They're like, fuck it. We're changing the past. But they might have... Yeah. It might have been, like, something similar to, like... Microsoft and Bethesda now, where they still get to publish their own games, but like everybody yeah. knows Bethesda belongs to Microsoft now. Yeah, yeah, could have been that. Or again, they could have wiped it. Like, yo, we—that's not our fault. That game sucks. That's not yeah. us. I don't know what you're talking about. That report you read a couple weeks ago. Who that was? It was me. We don't know anything about it. No idea. Um, but I mean, whatever. It happens. It happens with lots of different companies. I mean. The thing with cyberpunk, it's not for lack of content, though. Like, I think the thing with No Man's Sky, it was a PR disaster, and it was also, like, the game was finished. It just wasn't good. Cyberpunk was just not finished. Mm -hmm. It had game-breaking bugs in it. Yeah. So I guess that is something that puts it up. Like, it's not like a game that's like a half of a game with not a lot of content. It's like a game that was just trash. So (laughs) realistically, it's the only one that is the was that bad you know with like t poses yeah that yeah someone literally like was riding a motorcycle and just got pulled out of the world (laughs) it was like yes they just were riding a motorcycle and their body just flies out they're just like i'm like okay um so game breaking bugs i think that was like really severe whereas other games just because they're not good doesn't mean they're broken they're just not good you know one other thing I will say is that comments like this put a lot of pressure on PlayStation and for PlayStation yeah. developers. Because from now on, you know, like Kelly was alluding to, from now on, you better not release anything that's not ready under the PlayStation main. Like, this means, if it means what you're saying, that means you're actually going to take your time 
with your first party stuff, right? And it's going to be stuff that's fully developed and ready to go day one, stuff that's worth its price point, right? Like, that's what this means to me. And if, uh, you know, Destruction All-Stars, if Destruction All-Stars is any indication, that game it feels like it's missing some stuff, right? So, like, it's good. I enjoy it. I feel like it's definitely not... God, it's not worth $70. Thank goodness they did not pull that one. Um, but, you know, this this means God of War is going to take 10 more years because it's not ready. If they're going to do the Blizzard approach of you get it when it's done, like, I guess we'll see what this means. But it could technically be a good thing because that means we'll get, you know, fully developed finished games from PlayStation and they're known for their big titles. So I guess we'll see what happens. Mm. Anyone else? I just um yeah go ahead Gabe you first another thing that you mentioned early was like about like like the way the article was really written like oh yeah a lot of things may allude to the fact that like he was talking about cyberpunk I feel like if something's not specifically said she didn't just go out there and say it say it for that person because like again then like you said that puts pressure on PlayStation but at the same time like I didn't say that take what i said and make your own assumptions about it it's like one thing is for me like to come on here and be like yeah like you know xbox freaking hate it it thinks it's garbage and then but another thing and then you know because that's what i'm saying but if i came on here and say you know xbox could do this this or that and then be like oh well gabe thinks xbox is garbage because he has all these suggestions for them those two completely different things like again yeah like if someone doesn't say something specifically not your job to say what you think they're saying just say whatever they said and put it in your article well then no one would read it like we clearly clicked on it because it says like sony bad mouth cd project red drama in two somebody threw some shade shade. that is that is is all playstation told PlayStation told Cyberpunk 2077 you got epically pwned. Yeah. <laughs> that is some uh, Like, gosh, what if it was someone from PlayStation? Headline. What if it was someone from PlayStation who hacked them? Oh. You need to get to the bottom of this now. <laughs> yeah, no, that's some A. Turn it a tip to the FBI. <laughs> uh, Brandon, did you have something to say on it? Uh, no, nah, it's not actually that important. We can move on. <clears throat> okay. Next. So, over at Bloomberg.com, there's an article titled Electronic Arts Removes Multiplayer Mode from Dragon Age Game in Big Pivot. Video game publisher EA has made a major pivot on the next game in the popular Dragon Age series, allowing the developers to remove all planned multiplayer components from the game. According to people familiar with the matter, Dragon Age is a series of fantasy games from EA-owned developer BioWare. The next Dragon Age, which doesn't yet have an official title or release date, had previously been designed with a heavy multiplayer component. Um, This was said by people who apparently asked to not be named because, you know, Jason Schreier is just so great at talking to people, um, getting inside scoops without... Never mind, before I start talking crap about him and he blocks me. Um, In recent months, apparently it's transformed into a single-player-only game after EA was stung by recent multiplayer flops, including Anthem. So, I've played Dragon Age. It's clearly a single-player title. I have no idea why they thought that they should do some multiplayer um, games-as-a-service stuff. I don't mind multiplayer in Dragon Age. I think it'd be really good for Dragon Age. But games-as-a-service is... It's trash. 
I think sometimes people just want to plug in, uh, pop in their disc and play a nice RPG. Western RPG. Like, I just want to have fun. If I can play with my friends, even better. When you start charging me for it, fuck you. Thoughts? Yeah, so, <clears throat> the whole, obviously, the reason why EA even thought to do this in the first place was because Game of the Service was the big hotness. So they saw dollar signs, and they were like, hey, you know what? We could, you know, Dragon Age is pretty popular. What if, what if we made this was a Game of Service? It'll, yep. uh, it's big money, it'll make us big bucks. But of course, people didn't like that because, you know, it's always traditionally been a single player RPG, you know, all about making the big choices and going on your high fantasy adventure. So naturally, they heard that, you know, it's going to be a game of service and people got mad. And then if this new hot IP anthem couldn't survive being games as a service for whatever, what hope did, did uh, Dragon Age have of surviving as a game of service when half of the fan base didn't even want it to begin with? So like, it's just was like, they, uh, they, and then, you know, part of the article was saying that, like, because Jedi Fallen Order proved that single-player games are still enjoyed by people, and you can still make a game that sells well, even if it's literally only the person playing it playing it. So the, then with all that being said, they were like, you know what? I think we should, pro you know, Jedi Fallen was good. Yeah, it was like, you know what? Maybe not everything needs to be game service. Maybe this single-player game should be a single-player game. And... Yeah, I think that's going to be for the best because I don't even know if Bio, like, there's a question before I continue. Is Anthem the first game as a service game that Bioware has made? Excluding um the MMO of the Old Republic. Oh, I was going to say that. I don't know, but I don't think so. Was Titanfall? Did Ti I, no, I don't think so. That's pretty fun. Oh, shit, you're right. Um, yeah. I, I actually don't know. I'm going to assume it was, and if that's the case, you know, maybe Games as a Service just isn't Bioware's forte, and that's okay. They don't need to. They can do a single-player-focused games as their primary genre. They have for decades and now. And it's worked. And it's worked. People love Bioware games. People still talk about Baldur's Gate. I Knights of the Republic is one of my all-time favorite RPGs of all time, and that's a Bioware game. Um, they didn't miss all that often when they were just doing their own thing. But, it's only when EA came in that, you know, and started pushing them in other directions that they may or may not have wanted to go to, that we started to get, you know, a little, the, the fallen hero kind of thing going on here. And I really hope that, you know, now that it's going to be a single player game, they can kind of reclaim that because Bioware needs a new game that's actually good, that universally is considered good to kind of get their reputation back because it's been kind of slipping as the fast few. Uh, years or so with this, and then before that, after, uh, Mass Effect Andromeda. Yeah, they, and they need they they need they need something good. They need something good. The thing is, so I understand the want for games as a service. You know, we talked about it with sure. Ubisoft, right? And how it just makes much more money, much more quickly um, than than big AAA games like. Um, Dragon Age, right? Like, it's so much easier to spend less developer time, less money, and make more money in the long run. So I completely get the, yeah. the want for um, these types of games as a service games. It's, it's very difficult. It's very difficult to, yeah, to ignore just the raw cash in front of you, because with a single-player game, the prospect is basically spending all this time on a single-player venture, sending it out, People pay one price to buy that game, and then they're done paying for it. Barring DLC, of course. But with game of service, like you said, payments can just keep happening. And they don't need to be necessarily a single-player focus because 
you know, the whole the whole joy of games of service is the multiplayer aspect of it. No two multiplayer games are ever going to be the same. So usually you can get away with doing a, like a little bit less as long as your multiplayer mechanics at least are deep enough that people can enjoy it. So without you know like individually craft a single player adventure, I just I'm just saying I understand why they they're seeing games of service as being like this big profitable thing. No, yeah, yeah, I agree. But a lot of times EA has been known as one of those uh, developers that just like takes advantage of players, right? Like, yes, are, like, very much so. This is this is uh, not new. So like, you yeah. can't be EA and do games as a service because at this point now you're just trying to like double dip and fuck over fans even more so that you've already done because people already don't trust you. And that's another thing too. Like never mind the fact that they have like a large quantity of games as a service that regardless even if you're trusted or not is kind of a recipe for disaster. Like we talked about last week about Ubisoft's thing, how my worry was if they have too many games of service, they conflict with each other and people doesn't play any of them or just one of them and they don't make money back. With EA, <laughs> they also have to deal with the fact that they have a bad reputation. Exactly. For, 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 for their game. Like for price gouging and nonsense. Right. Like Battlefront 2 is a very good game now, but it was very much played at the beginning by EA's exactly. very, very toxic games of service properties. You know. Bruh, like what the fuck is going on at the Sims? Like, I need to sit down and talk to them. I don't understand why there are so many expansion packs to give basic things that were already put in basic, you know, base games previously. Like, mm. I, I obviously am not a games developer, so I can't talk too much shit. But, like, basic stuff? Like, I remember when The Sims 4 came out and, like, you couldn't build a pool or some shit and, like, there, there was an age that was missing or something. I was like, this is... you. What the fuck is going on over there? I gotta buy a whole expansion to be able to do such basic stuff? Like, this ain't right, EA. Fix your shit. It's just The Sims. Like, I'm not trying to, you know, do all this extra shit. I just want to fuck up someone's life. That's not my own. Let me do that. And let me be happy with that. Like, I don't understand why I have to buy seven expansion packs just to get that done. It's a simple thing. Just They just want to enjoy their, their simulated life without having to pay extra money. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so we're going to wrap this up real soon. Only two more things to talk about. The first one was that President Biden is expected to sign an executive order today that will help kick off a 100 day review of the semiconductor shortage affecting PS5 and Xbox Series X. So a lot of people on here <laughs> underneath this tweet was just like, hey, I think there are more important things for you to be investigating and talking about Biden. But I'm going to read a little bit of this from uh, GameSpot.com. Says a semiconductor shortage brought on by the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic is beginning to become detrimental to a wide range of industries, prompting President Biden to launch an investigation into how it can be resolved. President Biden is expected to sign an executive order that will kick off a 100-day review of the semiconductor production pipeline so that alternatives and strategies can be formulated to alleviate its effect on the American economy. This follows a collective call from companies such as Apple, Sony, AMD, and Qualcomm for the president to take notice of the shortages and what it might mean for the economy in the short and long term. And there's a quote here that says, semiconductors play a critical role in enabling the products and services that fuel our economy, contribute to American innovation, and enhance our national security. 
Given the central role of semiconductors, strengthening the U.S. position in semiconductor research, design, and manufacturing is a national priority. The shortage is a major reason behind stock issues for electronics such as the Xbox Series X and PlayStation 5, as well as computer components such as GPUs, laptops, and more. It's become so widespread that even the automotive industry is now struggling with electronic or uh, with electric vehicles requiring a large portion of the supply too. The executive order isn't limited to semiconductors either, with President Biden also launching investigations into defense, public health, biological preparedness, information communications, technology, transportation, and energy and food production sectors. So, um, how do you guys feel about uh, the president now looking into um, investigating these situations, which are hopefully going to be able to bring more um, uh, help alleviate stock issues so that we can essentially, as gamers, get our hands on more PS5s and Xbox I mean, Series I feel like they're not exactly doing it because of oh, only of course PS5. Not. Of course so not. that's like misleading. <laughs> um, but if that will help, that will be nice. But I just... Um, I do agree that there's way more important shit to be worrying about, but as they're saying, it's giant corporations who aren't going to be able to sell enough iPhones this year, um, who are filing complaints about obviously a shortage. Um, so I don't find it surprising that we're looking into it, but at the same time, I mean, the economy has been in the shitter, so if we can like get that baby back up, I guess, <laughs> I don't know. Baby back up. If people got paid every month, that would help the economy, but um, I've been helping it a lot because I've been doing it. <laughs> has been doing her part to help the economy. I've been doing my part to spend my hard-earned money. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was just going to say, like, the, I, the reason I found this so interesting is because I kind of agree. Like, it, it, this is clearly a big corporation issue, right? Like, for us, it ha- it has been an issue to get our hands on a PS5 or an Xbox or whatever, mm-hmm. but... At the end of the day, like, we're not all about to go buy another car, right? Like, it's still a pandemic. People still don't have yeah. jobs. People are still struggling to get paid. Like, work hours have been reduced. Overtime isn't available. Everyone's checks are shorter. So, sure, help these big companies not sell more shit because we don't have money to spend on buying it. You know, like, more PS5s and Xboxes may become available for more scalpers who have unlimited credit cards to steal and then price gouge us for. Awesome. That's how I feel about it. I think the highlighted words in that entire article are American economy. Mm-hmm. Um, that's pretty much, if you want an understanding of why he's doing this, that's literally all you need to look at. Yeah. Um, and I mean, of course, the economy is obviously and, and this hugely is, important. Yeah. yeah. And at, at this point, you know, in their minds, a lot of politician minds, the only way the economy is going to go back up is if the big corporations get more money. For whatever fucking reason, after years and years and years of evident proof that the trickle down effect doesn't work, you, know, you gotta you gotta fight for the big guys. You gotta fight for the big companies. They need their On that note, can you it. please, for the love of God, give more relief to the airlines? I'm tired of being scared of losing my job every two months. Oh no, everybody knows where you work. You know, they don't know no. what airline I work for. Yeah. yeah. You know um, how many airlines there are? <laughs> Bruh, so I have a friend who also, um, never mind. I'm so talking they, about that when this is done. Huh? I'm talking about that when this is done, because okay. I want to know what you were going to say. <laughs> okay. 
don't want to put information out there. That's not what we're doing, but okay. Um, so moving on. Social security number. To something much more sad and tragic. Um, so uh, unfortunately, there was a Call of Duty player, um, esports player, Ingrid Oliveira Bueno da Silva. I said that right. Lisa. Um, Soul. Soul was her um, name. And if I'm reading this correctly, I'm using a translation. Uh, she was murdered, unfortunately. And this, this translation from a tweet says that um, from Jaguares Esports, which is uh, the company, the esports group that she was with, says women report abuse on a daily basis but don't get much attention from society. Sports is no different. They fight for space. And after the event, a player murdered a player from the opposing team. Um, which is like, I, I still don't even understand how, how this happens. So a player from another player, um, murdered her. She was on the opposing team and the mobile call of duty scene, mobile call of duty scene. Many players are threatened and we campaign to combat any type of abuse of our women, reflect on what happened and try to contribute to a healthier and more accessible sports scenario, uh, for everyone. And, uh, This also goes on to say that Brazil does not yet have official women's Call of Duty mobile championships. Jaguares and other women's teams are venturing into the mixed scenario, and we've already suffered from several episodes of machismo. Femicides will not be tolerated. So I, uh, so femicide is a huge issue um, there and in Mexico and uh, uh, similar places. Like, so it's, it's so strange to me that, there are full female teams that now have to literally, you know, worry because I'm so privileged here that it's, it's so foreign to know that they have to worry about their life because of a call of duty mobile game from, you know, you want it, you enjoy this, you do what you love. You want to be a part of a scene. You're in this, uh, you know, female group. You're kicking ass. And then because you're good and because you're a woman, that means that you have to, you know, die for what you love doing, which is, makes just no sense to me. Like, this was such a such a heartbreaking story when I read it. Like, how upset do you have to be at a mobile video game to try to take someone else's life? Like... And, and it just brings up, obviously, the conversation of being different and being in the scene and having to deal with that, being a woman and being in the scene and having to deal with that. Obviously, I don't have to deal with it because I'm not a woman, but I, can, I can't even imagine, you know, being one of her teammates and just knowing that you were so good that some guy couldn't handle it and this is the outcome. Um, and I, I really wanted to bring it up because I think it's so important to talk about issues like this, um, especially because... There needs to be, you know, more protection, more regulation, more, more, more things put in place, um, for, so that situations like this don't happen. Um, gaming and esports should be a safe sport and place for everybody. It doesn't matter who you are. Like, it shouldn't be, no one should go to an event thinking that this might be the last time that they go there. Um, and I, I, 
I know it's really sad and it's something that, you know, it's not something that we talk about all the time, but uh, out of respect for her and um, the situation and what's wrong with it, I felt like, you know, as HP Critical, we always talk about, you know, diversity and inclusion. And I couldn't not talk about this topic because I just, I just want people to know that no, no video game is worth taking someone's life over, including your own. Like nothing, like I, I just don't, once again, I'm obviously very privileged here, but it's just like, I don't know. I just can't imagine being a woman in the Call of Duty sports scene, esports scene. It's it's a fucking mobile game. Like, I just can't comprehend someone losing their life over a mobile game. It doesn't make any sense, but I'm done over that. I don't know if you guys wanted to, you know, talk about maybe um, being uh, different in the scene. What could happen to help situations like this? What needs to happen, like, within gaming to make it a more acceptable place like I, I don't know if you guys have anything to talk about this before i move on um i think that being a woman who has played call of duty and been part of party chat i think that and in other games as well but i think that like sometimes you really are faced with people who if they were like in the same room as you they would commit a violent act. I mean, obviously we've seen it with like swatting and stuff too. Um, people die because of video games. Um, and I, I just don't want this to turn into a conversation of like video games make you violent. I really don't want that to go there because I don't think that it was Call of Duty that made him a murderer because I just, that's really stupid. Um, but obviously there there's a problem. Um, I, I mean, I haven't heard of this happening because of Call of Duty before, but there is a lot of violence against women, um, domestic in nature, which I assume that, um, this could have been like, um, just because there had to be some underlying reason why there was violence against this person, whether, um, um, I don't know. Um, it's just really terrible. And I did read more into the story because I found some English stories because a lot of it was in Spanish or, um, I guess Brazilian. So would that be Portuguese? Yeah. yeah. Portuguese. Um, um, so <clears throat> I was reading it in English and it was like really disgusting. Like there was like way more to it than just like there was pictures taken and posted, given to friends. And it just like makes me think of like all the violence against women in this community, not even just physical like harmful violence but like people in discord men in discord chats uh sharing photos of women naked that they've sent them and stuff like just like an entire really just an entire like gender of people mm -hmm. completely like wanted to be excluded by some people in the industry obviously on this podcast we're very woman inclusive um because I can do all the scary games. You guys can't do <laughs> um, But I, um, no, it's really, it's really disgusting. I don't really know what to say. Obviously my condolences go out to her family or, um, her teammates and anyone that like cared about her and loved her. Um, it's disgusting. And to be honest, it, I, like I said, I've been in scenarios online where I felt like if that person was next to me, they could potentially be so angry as to commit a violent act. And it, it feels terrible. I mean, 
I only play with people I know now because of situations like that. And obviously now with streaming and everything, people, women specifically are afraid to talk. I don't want to talk about where I live. Like if I accidentally say where I live, like I have a plan of how to like turn off my stream or and delete the video like instantly. Like it's like in the back of all of their minds. And I have spoken to other women in the industry about this because it's like so scary that someone could so not want you there that they would actually do something like this to keep you out of a space that they think is only for them. But cl clearly there is more at work here than just video games. That person is obviously deeply disturbed. You don't just kill someone over a video game. There's something more at play here. Um, but in like the fact that it was like a rival person is really just horrible for the industry, but also horrible just for for women like obviously it's going to make a lot of people scared and you shouldn't be scared to enjoy video games like they're literally meant for everyone and um like i said my heart literally breaks for this like i didn't even want to like talk about this because it was so horrible but at the same time this is what we do here we talk about diversity in gaming and it's really important um but at the same time it's a really hard subject to talk about and it's Hopefully this will open some eyes to the fact that clearly not everyone is tolerant and something should really be done about this. Yeah. And, and I, I want to, yes, you brought up the point that, you know, and I, I never thought about this. You actually just brought it to my attention that there have, I'm sure have been times where, yeah, you know, people will be saying things online to you that, you're right. If they're in the room, it could easily, you know, lead to a certain type of violence. And I've been taking that for granted as well. So thank you for, for bringing that up. Um, but it, 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 you know, it also makes me think about the, obviously this was an in-person tournament, right? Like this is not, this is something that's online. I mean, like in person, there's not, I don't want to say that. Um, what I will say is it, it made me think about the measures being taken towards the health and safety of people in gaming and you know how unhelpful a lot of it is so i thought back to like playstation now allowing you to record portions of your conversation on ps5 and what that could do you know like that could potentially be something that could work out in your favor if someone were threatening you in some manner and so it, it kind of made me rethink about the way that safety works but then also you know what you said with twitch I, you know my information is on the internet right so if i say something that someone just really doesn't like uh it's not that hard to find where i am unfortunately and so i think a lot of times that will have people second guessing some of being authentically themselves right because i know i am the first person to be like oh my god that video game is so white everybody's so pale like where's the diversity in that and i'm always thinking you know like not to the extent of a lot of other people but there's always situations where i'm like you know like if i say the wrong thing to someone like hp critical has uh, actually i'm not gonna say that um but there are always there are always those things where it's like damn how much of my authentic self can i be without putting myself in harm's way and 
situations like this, you know, I can go to a con and someone who hates something that I said can just be like, I hate this fucking black guy. I am a, I'm horribly racist and then do whatever they want. Right. Like it's just, I think there aren't very many safety measures, right? Like there's not much even at home, like here at home, I too will only play with friends now because of some of the situations that I've had to deal with. And, and, and like, people don't even need to know you. Like, they hear your voice and they're like, oh, I know exactly what this person is. I know how I'm going to treat them. Um, they see a picture of you. Oh, I'm going to stalk you until I find where you live. Like, it's it can literally be nothing at all. And it sucks when you just want to be a part of something that you enjoy. And it's really hard to, to do that. And it just, like, this really made me start reevaluating the um, health and safety around events. Uh, obviously, this wasn't in the U.S. So even you know even abroad like i i traveled i went to ceo last year like it's wonderful welcoming but the place that it was held in was actually super racist and you know um i I was sitting in burger king having breakfast and like two racist people just came into the burger king that i was in and the the workers happened to be black people and they were like they literally were about to fight them while we're sitting there and they were super homophobic and i was like my gay black ass is sitting here about to have to fight some random ass people just because they don't like the fact that we're in this area like that and it literally just i was just drinking fucking coffee like i'm not even doing shit like this shit happens in real life like god forbid one of them had some type of weapon on them like literally they had to fight them outside of burger king and then they were sitting outside of burger king on the on the fucking sidewalk and i'm like bro i can't even exit the building right now because i don't know what the fuck is gonna happen here like that and it and it I mean, it was a fucking, like, video game thing. Like, this is... And there's no... There's nothing about it. You know, there was no safety for at me or anyone else in that area. But, like, obviously the, the event can't be held responsible for that. I went to Burger King outside of the venue, you know? But, like, like this... this I don't know when this happened. Um, but, you know, it's like you said. These teams have to be held accountable. I, I know someone who got kicked off of a team because of their sexual orientation. Like, when their teammates found out... That 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 they were um, a certain um, sexual orientation, like they, the teammates were just like, no, we're not playing with you anymore. Completely kicked them off of a competitive team, and they're a damn good player. Like that happened to someone that I know personally. So it's like, you can come join my team. <laughs> I, I I'm forming one now. <laughs> I will tell them, but it's it's crazy. Like I just. I want people to really recognize that things like this happen and just be aware of like what you could potentially do if you find yourself in a situation where something like this is happening, you know, whether it's reporting people, uh, like sometimes you got to report people, right? Like if you're receiving discord messages of naked competitor, female competitors, like don't spread that shit, report that shit, you know, do something about it. I'm I'm done. Now. I don't know if you guys want to add to it because I feel like I'm kind of rambling now and I don't want to. I feel like I was rambling a little. <clears throat> I don't have too much to say to the subject other than you know, <clears throat> gaming is for everyone, especially now in the, these days where you know there's so much different games out there and so many people with different backgrounds who enjoy different things. And for it's it goes this when you talk about murdering someone just because you beat them at a video game that goes beyond the gatekeeping subject we had like last week that just is like you just can't handle the fact that someone who is not who you don't 
think belongs in your space is better at the game than you are. And you just like, it's like you said that Jarrell, I think you also said to Kelly that it's just like, there's some deep seated issues within that person that they went through and then they go to gaming and then that issues don't, doesn't disappear. It just, it, this, it, it lets them forget about it. But you know, if you're an asshole, then you're going to be an asshole in many facets of your life, no matter where you go. And even if you think you can escape from being an asshole, it'll always surface in the end. And it's just a sh- it's just a damn shame that 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 a, that a innocent girl lost her life over just being brave enough to go out there and whoop some fucking ass in Call of Duty, and then she had to pay the price for it. It's it's terrible. It's 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 egregious. And like, I just I just like hope that in time that you know. Like I don't think that this kind of this kind of like nasty ass shit is ever gonna go away completely, but you know I think what we what we do here at HP Critical is it, it goes a long way to really helping like you know inclusion in going forward and and projecting a message that gaming really is for everyone and that you shouldn't you shouldn't be afraid to like enjoy what you enjoy and you shouldn't be afraid to be good at what you enjoy. That you should just be free to like in, in, in to enjoy it, re- regardless of what anybody thinks, because what they think is not important. And you know, I hope that that in time you, that you know, the confidence comes from safety, I suppose. And if you don't feel safe, then it's harder to be confident because you know, it's one thing to be to be get mean messages. You know, it's hard. It's pain. It words hurt, but you can endure that. But you can't endure your life being taken. So, you know, like you said, conventions like this, tournaments like this, I really hope that this, uh, the, if there's one fucking good thing that can come out of this, is that it really spreads the message, not only, you know, to have better health and safety measures in place, so something like this cannot happen, but also that, you know, people see this as a, as a means of courage to be able to move forward and feel the passion to be brave enough to enjoy what you like, no matter who, what what they think of you, because, you know... You have one life, and you should be able to enjoy it however you want. Um, one, one thing mentioning, um, well, not we keep mentioning, but, you know, the topic of machismo was brought up. And, you mm. know, we, we keep mentioning deep-rooted issue, you know, that it wasn't just that he got beat at a at a game in Call of Duty. And one of the things that I've noticed, especially coming from a Hispanic background, uh, Hispanics and Latin Americans, um, the, the machismo aspect of our culture is very dangerous. It could very yes. well be that he literally just got mad that a girl was better than him in a video game. Because a lot of Hispanics and a lot of Latin, uh, Latin Americans are brought up to believe, you know, the guys were supposed to be the cooler, the more stronger, you know, gender. But we shouldn't be being outperformed by women. So... It could have been that, you know, there is a little history between them and something like that. But I genuinely think that a big factor of it was the machismo. I don't think he liked the fact that he got beat by a girl. And who knows? He might have not been just targeting her. It could have been towards the whole team. But that's and that's the whole thing. You know, we could, we could talk about you know, companies and, and industries and, you know, all these venues providing safety and stuff for, you know, for their players and stuff but a lot of it has to do with the cultural background so a lot of it has to do with you know just 
if you're not taught when you grow up that, you know, everything, you know, you're going to laser in on just, you know, video games because that's what we're talking about. If you're not grow, if you're, if you grow up not being taught that, you know, video, that certain video games aren't just for you, like Call of Duty isn't just for dudes or, or, or like we mentioned a long time ago when they were talking about like video games for women or something and someone said Candy Crush. Play Candy Crush. Like, you know, being, being taught that, you know, Candy Crush is just for men, women and that, you know, you shouldn't, you as a dude shouldn't be playing Candy Crush because you know, it's not a real game and it's too, it's too, it's too pink, it's too colorful for you and your sister shouldn't be playing Call of Duty because, you know, it's a war game and only dudes go to war. You know, that's, that's where a lot of the problems are going to come into and there's only so much that, you know, a gaming company or, you know, a tournament venue or a tournament company can do provide safety measures. A lot of it has to do. That actually scared me. Um, a lot of it has to do with upbringing of a specific person. Yeah, you know, one of the things is where it, where it where it happened because femicide in Latin America is huge right now and it it is because of the machismo culture like just like you said like women have to protest in the streets because so many women are being murdered there so this is just like it obviously brings it closer to home because it's a part of a video game scene but i mean yeah you hit the nail on the head it is uh, I, I do believe it's definitely a big part of a cultural issue and that's why it's um that's why it, it, it happened the way it did unfortunately and i just yeah you yeah i agree I'm obvious. Yes, I agree. Um, so moving on to our last topic, which is a little bit light, more lighthearted. I'm sorry that I brought you guys down so much. I just really felt it was important to mention. Uh, the PlayStation State of Play happened a few hours ago. Yeah, Yay. it did. <laughs> um, and, um, I want to talk about everything announced really quickly. Um, and then you guys can just give me your thoughts on anything that you found interesting and your thoughts on the, the presentation overall. And it started with Crash Bandicoot coming to PS5 March 12th, uh, 2021. And that game is going to have a bunch of new updated features in it, which includes, uh, adaptive trigger stuff for the PS5 version, um, uh, with, I think, haptic feedback in there, um, lots of DualSense stuff added to it. I believe you're able to transfer your, uh, save file and you can also yep. upgrade the game for free so lots of cool updates on that returnal we got a new sneak peek at returnal some brand new info came out for that title it's coming april 30th thought about kelly the whole time i was watching it um next up was knockout city the one that we saw on the nintendo direct uh coming Mar may 21st and you can play early on playstation with the cross play beta which is going to be really interesting that is the uh that's the the dodgeball game yeah which uh looks a little, it looks fun mm -hmm. um we also saw a brand new title called sifu slated for 2021 for ps5 we didn't see, like we saw a little bit of a trailer we didn't get much more information from that solar ash a new ps5 adventure uh from heart machine is coming to ps4 and ps5 later this year new five nights at freddy's uh called five nights at freddy's security breach looked uh, creepy until I found out it was Five Nights at Freddy's and I was like, eh, not too bad. Uh, that's gonna be coming. You say that. Well, well those games are 
It's because we'll talk about it. Uh, that's gonna be coming in 2021. Oddworld Soulstorm was shown again because they show this game every time. They every have state of play. A state of play. They're just drilling this like, game down our throats. It is coming yes. in April with a free PS5 upgrade. Kena Bridge of Spirits is coming August oh, 24. Oh, hang on. Cor- little correction there. Little I'm correction there. On, on, oh, he froze. Oh boy. No, uh, I'm here. Oh, there, he's back. Okay, yeah. Uh, just a little correction on Soulstorm. Um, what it is is like if you if you get it on um, if you're getting it on a PS5, if you're a PS Plus owner, you'll get the game for free. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Um, King of Bridges Spirits is releasing August twenty fourth, twenty twenty one. Cannot fucking wait. Deathloop. Yes. We got another trailer for Deathloop. Um, another one that they keep showing. And the end of this shit was the best part of it because uh, we got a lot of Final Fantasy seven information. We got Final Fantasy seven Intergrade, um, which is going to be coming June tenth, twenty twenty one, on Gabe's birthday. Right. This year. Yep. Um, I will only remember because of Final Fantasy. Um, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, Mind you, last year he forgot my birthday too. So I did, but I won't that. forget this year. I clearly because of Final Fantasy VII, not because it's either way I me. won't forget. Hey, Gabe, he loves Final Fantasy and he loves you. Exactly, I the it, two though. things combined. Oh, I don't believe it. So, um, I tried. <laughs> I want to ask overall how you guys felt about. The, the 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 presentation and then I just want to talk about Final Fantasy 7. Okay, sounds good. I'll just talk about the three things that interested me personally. So, I gotta admit, after seeing that state of play, Returnal interests me a little more than it did before. I kind of dig the way the gameplay looks. Same. Can't guarantee I'll get it get day one still, but I'm more interested than I was before. It looks pretty cool. Um, The other thing, of course, was Kena Bridge of Spirits. I was in love with that art style from from literally frame one when that game got announced. And now we actually saw some gameplay. It looks like my jam. I'm going to be very excited when that game comes out because it just looks beautiful. And everything else I want to say is Final Fantasy VII Remake Integrate, so I'll just hold off for a second until we go on to that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, What was the game? You said it by Heart Machine. I didn't hear them actually say the name of it. Heart Solar Ash. Yes, that's Solar what it was. Ash. Is that the one where she's on a different planet, like the Scout? Mm-hmm. Okay. Because mm-hmm. I saw it and I was trying to watch, but I didn't hear them announce like a title, like a name. So that's probably the one I'm interested for, just because it looks kind of like creepy and scary and spacey. Um, but I I watched it. I was like at work, so I was like half paying attention. I did what I could. But um, I mean, Final Fantasy VII looks so beautiful. Like I, I was really impressed with that. But um. It was, like, pretty short. There was only, like, a few games announced. I was like, oh, this is, like, short. But it was short and sweet. They didn't, like, have a lot of filler. So was, like, that was nice. Games total. Yeah. It gave it felt, the 30 minutes-ish. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't think it was bad, but I wasn't like, wow, you know? But then again, I don't play on console ever, so. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Thing interested me. We've been hearing about these games for the past year and a half. Knew the release dates for most of them. I literally did not care. So I. Oh, was, oh, sorry, sorry, oh. sorry, 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 sorry. The only thing I would have wished would have been in it, even though it's not a PlayStation exclusive, is some breath of Elden Ring. Yeah. I wanted. 
That was like, I, I, I know, I know, I, I, yeah, like it's, 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 again, I know the game's in development. I know G- the game has written updates. G- they're going to show one new trailer, one cinematic, no gameplay trailer at Bethesda's E3 or whatever the facsimile of, and you're going to like it. It's not made by Bethesda, though. Right from software. Wait. Yeah, it's from software. from software. Don't do that. It is not Bethesda. It is from software. Not... That's true. Because we are okay. not getting that shit exclusive for Xbox. Don't you dare. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, but, uh, but like, so if anything, like, I know. I, I know we've gotten like one or two little like written updates and like, oh, you know, the game's still being worked on, but it's it's high time that you show us something else. Because for the love of God, George R. R. Martin is working on the title, and the longer we get no actual vi- footage of it, the longer I'm starting to believe he's going to pull a Game of Thrones shit with this and take forever to finish writing whatever he's doing for that game. Don't don't be afraid of that. Oh, like a year and a half since we've seen anything. How no, am I, I not know. supposed to be afraid of It's literally like nothing. Yeah, but you guys have to remember that when George R. R. Martin is working on his own shit, he can take as long as he wants. This is not his own shit. Like, oh, you're gonna do sure fire him off the project? No, that's not what I'm saying. But you know, obviously these projects are gonna have timelines and deadlines. It's not just gonna be like, hey, let's get together whenever we feel like it and write some more, and then take a year out. That's not. That's not how we. Timeline take two years to update your fans. I mean, we don't know. They could be pulling a what used to be Nintendo and waiting for... Maybe they're trying not to pull a cyberpunk, right? They're like, maybe we don't have enough things to show people because if we show them another cinematic trailer, they're going to be like, where's the gameplay? And then we show them the gameplay, they're like, where the fuck uh, is the game? Isn't there only the one trailer? There is only one trailer, (laughs) The one trailer, isn't that the only thing? That's it. There's like an arm in it, too. But like, remember, also, when that game was announced, they said it was releasing that same year. They yeah, haven't said anything since. From Square Enix that I'm that's, waiting that's the for. big. That's the big thing. No, okay, but they are 20. giving updates. I had like one or two written updates. Better than nothing. The Elden Ring was supposed to release you, that you year. You were literally the person. It was supposed to be released that year. You were literally. Actually, they never coming out. Who said that it's better to have at least something and then wait forever than get? See, hold on, because I knew no, 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 because I knew you were going to say this. No, because I knew you were going to do this. Because my thing is, I didn't say specifically that. I said it's good to keep your fans updated, periodically showing things, not give you one game announcement and then wait a couple of years. Because if you remember, in that same argument, I had a problem with Bethesda giving us a little sideshow. Of Elder Scrolls Six, and then not saying anything for the rest of their lives. The only thing they've uh, they've, um, they've told us is, yeah, we're not gonna keep working on that game until we're done with um that other game that they haven't given you an update on the that space game. <laughs> oh, Starfield, I think is what it's called. Yeah, yeah. Starfleet, whatever it is. Oh, no. <laughs> I want you to have your FF Seven remake moment. So I'm gonna stop now. Thank you. Um, so anyway, how I felt about this, uh, state of play, I was like, wow, this is as bad as the Nintendo Direct, but as, yeah, I thought they were pretty much on par with one another. I wasn't like Mm. impressed by either one of them very much. So like, I can't even tell you anything past Project Triangle and World End Club that I remember. Um, but I think they both had titles that, huh? I think they both had titles that were um, that we've already seen before that are just getting release dates. A lot of them were things that we've already seen before. Um, 
we just got new release dates, new gameplay. Um, you know, Crash Bandicoot was not new. Returnal was not new. Knockout City, we saw it at Nintendo Direct. Sifu was new. Um, that was new. Yeah. Solar Ash was not new. Five Nights at Freddy's Security Breach was new. That's two. Oddworld Solar Storms was not new. Oh, it was only two Definitely. and Final Fantasy because it's its own category. Um, kind of. <laughs> and like, yeah, but but I guess at this point I'm kind of just like yeah I see that companies are like okay it's to be it's you know Q1 2021 new consoles are out we need to show people what's happening Shows, so yeah uh, you know this is our our timeline of events Nintendo did it I thought it was I think they were both good I don't think they were bad I think they were boring but good right Nintendo did it um, now PlayStation's done it I'm assuming Xbox is gonna be next yeah they have now. to be next now um, maybe early March I don't know. Arc, yeah. arc, arc, arc. <laughs> yeah, yeah, actually, I forgot about arc. <laughs> Give um, me that fucking arc right now. <laughs> give me arc. Give me arc. Or give. Okay. Um, <laughs> the only thing I was excited for. Kelly is laughing at me. Oh my god. Oh god. <laughs> the only thing I was excited for was Kino Bridge Spirits, guys. That game it is looks so beautiful. cute. It's so, it looks so beautiful. beautiful. And I was like, give it to me now. I'll pay whatever you want. And all the rest of them are trash. Um, or like things I'm not really excited for. Um, so we'll see what happens. Now, the big announcement was the uh, Final Fantasy VII information. So along with the Final Fantasy VII Integrate DLC, which I, I want to leave a specific moment to talk about because I want to pick your brains about it. We also got... Um, where is it? We got two more additional... Um, things one of them was oh, final yeah. fantasy 7 the first soldier and the other one was final fantasy 7 ever crisis and they're both mobile titles one of them is a um a, basically a final fantasy 7 remake port to mobile <laughs> no that's not that's not quite correct let me pull it up whatever yeah well i can tell you a little yeah, bit about ever ahead, crisis yeah so ever crisis is it's not quite a remake per se. It's more of a kind of a retell. It's more of a retelling, but of, of Final Fantasy VII, but not just Final Fantasy VII. It's like going through the entire compilation, so like all the spinoffs. So it's basically telling the story of Final Fantasy VII. It's telling the story of uh, Dirge of Cerberus, which is the one that had Vincent. It's telling you Crisis Core, which is the one that had Zack. It's telling you uh, Before Crisis, which is a mobile game about the Turks that only released in Japan and never came to America ever. That would be a completely new story for us. Unless you read, like, I don't know, summaries or whatever. And I think even Advent Children is going to be telling that story. So it's basically, it's telling you the entirety of the Final Fantasy VII story in, like, uh, I guess a gameplay similar to, like, OG FF7, which is kind of what it is. Yeah, um, Era Crisis, yeah, it's a chapter-structured single-player game covering the whole of the Final Fantasy VII timeline, including events of the original game and the FF7 compilation titles, which is exactly what you said. Um, mm. Mobile. I don't know why. Um, it looked... The, so, okay, just to talk about this really quick um, for anyone who hasn't seen it. Um, it's like, uh, for anyone who's played... Um, is it Final Fantasy uh, uh, Opera something? Opera Omnia, yeah. Yeah, for anyone who's played that one, it basically looks like that. The art is... Oh, okay. Art, splash art is gorgeous, but, like, I don't know why. Like, I'm assuming the only reason why they're doing this for mobile is because mobile made them a lot of money last year, and they know that people are going to pick these games up because of, you know, FF7 and the title. But, like, 
who finna play this on their phone? Like, why? I mean, never mind. People have big phones. I'm just not a mobile person. So that was the first one. The second one is a battle royale game set in Midgar from Final Fantasy VII. Well, before the events of Final Fantasy VII, which is Wait also before. on mobile. I don't know why we're going to play a Final Fantasy VII battle royale on mobile. Like, I have no idea what... Who... I... Who's gonna? I don't. Yeah. I'm so confused. So, I want to. I want to be clear. The, the the one you're referring to is called Final Fantasy VII: The First Soldier. Yes. I so think it's a cool. Royale? Oh, sorry. No, I think it's a cool premise. I think the idea of having a battle royale Final Fantasy VII game that's like said like way before the events of the game is a cool idea. But yeah, mobile for for something so like that, like weird. it's cool if it's an option because some people do play games on mobile. Whatever, like people play Fortnite on mobile, for example. But like. Why is it only on mobile? Like, this would do so well on, like, the PlayStation systems or the Switch. Hell, Xbox players would probably bite this. And I'm just saying, like, it being exclusive to mobile, it seems like such a misstep. Ever Crisis looks a little better for a mobile device just because of that interface. But playing a Battle Royale on mobile, I'm just looking at that like, I, I'm going to wait for that to get ported somewhere. Ever well, Crisis I might play. I yeah. don't think it looked bad. Don't get me wrong. I don't think it looks... No, no, no. Graphically, it looks fine. I'm just talking about the interface. I it just, doesn't look great. Like, I just wonder, like, in that... Because it reminded me of the Final Fantasy XV DLC, the multiplayer DLC, which was actually Comrades. fun. Like, yeah, it looked like and reminded me of Comrades. I was like, why don't y'all just do Comrades 2.0 and release it on consoles and make it cross-platform play with mobile? Like, that's how you sell a game like this, not... I'm not doing all this stuff on my t iPhone mini, right? Like, that's just me, obviously, because I have a tiny-ass phone. But I'm not doing all this shit on my iPhone mini. Like, I might do it on my iPad, but who's it? Like, a whole-ass shooter on this? There's no way. It's like... I mean, I honestly play Call of Duty Mobile on my phone, so. How big is your phone? It's not the mini, but it's just the normal size. True. Okay, well, you know, I am clearly wrong. There's a market. I just don't know how many... There is a market. The, the Call of I Duty Battle think Royale is, like... It's huge, really yes, phone, but yeah. that has Call of Duty behind it, right? Like, it, it's a FPS, like, it's Call of Duty. I don't know how many people, people are looking want to play for a shooting at Final Fantasy game, yeah. yeah like, shooting game, yeah. Like, I'm not. That's so what I'm I not mean. standing up for well, it. I melee, too, but I saw a lot of guns in that, in I'm that trailer. I'm just saying that there, I play Battle Royale on my phone. Mm -hmm. Okay. But it's not and, and the thing you is, want to sit for, like, a long time. You know, I yeah. have, like, every other thing that I could play. So. Exactly, exactly. And the other thing, too, is, like, again, I I stress again, I like the premise, because it's a battle royale with RPG elements. That would be something I would be so down for, because I love RPGs, and I don't necessarily hate battle royale. I, I, I dabble. So if this was, like, literally on anything, like, yeah. But, like, if this was literally on, like, anything else, like, I would go right on to it. So it's, like... Yeah, um, also, super excited for me personally, um, the Final Fantasy VII Remake original soundtrack will be coming to yes. Uh, yes. Uh, music subscription services, including Apple Music, Spotify, and Amazon Music Unlimited starting February 26th, which is tomorrow. Um, so mm. I will be copping this sheet because yeah, yeah. Um, I, I purchased some of the songs, but I was not I like whatever i am going to be playing the fuck out of this original soundtrack like i love the music so i'm super excited for that now the two biggest things were the first one um was 
I'll, okay, so the first big thing that I was excited for was the PS5 version of Final Fantasy VII Remake. Oh, mwah. finally, I've been waiting for this. Um, they're going to be it taking so full good. advantage of the PS5, so we're getting improved textures, lighting, background environments, optimized loading times, which that loading screen, I was like, damn, that's fast. Because um, as we all know, because we all played it, Final Fantasy VII Remake loading times can be quite lengthy. So, yeah, depending um, on where you go, especially... That that loading screen was crazy, so I was super excited for that. There are there's finally going to be a separate graphics and performance mode, so that you can choose between the two, or you can have um you know um sixty frames per second. You can have your four K graphics enhanced, which is how I'm personally going to be playing the game. And Big they shame. also put a photo mode in Final Fantasy VII. I think the game is gorgeous. It's going to look ten times better enhanced for PS Five. I can't wait to see some of the pictures and images that people are able to oh, create yeah. in photo mode yeah. for this game looking even better than it did originally. And it already looked really fucking good. Even on base PS4, yeah. the game looked gorgeous. So I can't wait to see what people are able to do on PS5. I honestly am so excited to replay this game on hard mode with graphics mode enabled. Like, I am a, such a graphics whore for cloud. And that's uh, and that's one of the best things. You'll be able to transfer your files so you mm. don't have to start from scratch mm-hmm. if you're going through. Transfer your file over. The other big thing... My girl Yuffie is finally coming to Final Fantasy VII. Um, so I am not going to spoil anything, but in the original, Yuffie is one of the uh, party members for Final Fantasy VII. And she's finally making her way to the remake. And her own exclusive brand new episode, you get to play as Ninja Yuffie Kisarigi um, as she infiltrates the Shinra Corporation to steal a powerful materia because anyone who knows Yuffie Unbrand. knows that she is a yeah. materia thief or she, she's so like um, and mm. I, okay yeah uh, it's going to be enhanced and expanded Final Fantasy 7 remake, it's called Intergrade it's coming to Playstation 5 on June 10th like I mentioned, we got to see um, visuals for it we got to see gameplay of it, we got Yuffie we got her voice, we got a bunch of like context for what this is and it's really just super exciting because she's so fucking adorable i love her so much she's a cute little ninja i love the way her voice sounds i love her the way she runs she like has this cute little i'm just i am the biggest <laughs> yuffie fan and i can't wait to play this now having said that the thing i wanted to talk about was um at the end of that trailer they specifically said you cannot purchase this DLC for Final Fantasy VII, the Yuffie Adventure, um, uh, until you have upgraded your copy of Final Fantasy VII from the PS4 version to the PS5 version, and that this um, Integrate, this uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake Integrate, is available for PlayStation 5. Which, as far as I'm aware right now, that means you cannot play this on the PS4. Mm-hmm. Now, I wanted to know how you guys feel about a part of Final Fantasy VII not being playable on PS4. Knowing that there are millions of PS4s out there, knowing that the game has sold millions of copies. Um, uh, like, when I first saw that, my initial thought was that can't be right. Like, there's no way they're only putting the DLC and, like, the rest of this game going forward is going to be on PS5 because it really gives the um it it, it kind of makes it seem like going forward they're not supporting PS4 for the rest of Final Fantasy 7 because you have to upgrade to be able to get any of this and i thought i think i know why they're doing this which is 
I know a lot of people complained about the textures in Final Fantasy VII Remake because of the way that it was um, reduced to work on base PS4. It, it's kind of like, you know, Breath of the Wild syndrome, right? Like, you have to, you have to, um, you have to program and develop for older and newer systems at the same time. And that's why, um, you know, Final Fantasy XIV is no longer playable on PS3 because they were like, look, we're moving into PS4 Pro territory now. We can't continue to support this. So I'm wondering if that is, like, to me, that's the only explanation why <clears throat> they're going forward because now you have improved load times, you have photo mode, you have enhanced graphics, you have finally fixed textures because everyone was complaining about textures, like all this stuff that you can't do on base PS4, something that Cyberpunk should have done. <laughs> then they wouldn't be in the situation they're in now. So I'm assuming that going forward, this means that that's what they're trying to go after. But that also means you have a huge chunk of player base that is not going to be able to play a part of Final Fantasy VII Remake because they don't have a PS5 yet. Um, and they have, what, three months to get one? Yeah. Four, sorry, four months to be able to secure a PS5 if they, you know... Or almost done in February. This. And, and that's another thing. I was very impressed at the fact that this DLC is coming out in, like, four months. I, that was shocking. I was not expecting anything Final Fantasy VII related at all. In anything this year. Twenty-one, yeah. Like, nothing. So this was just a huge boon as well. But, yeah, how do you guys feel about them taking this DLC and possibly the game going forward and making it PS5 exclusive currently for now? Well, two things first. <clears throat> the, the first thing I'll say is one, one detail that uh, I just wanted to mention real quick is if you do have a PS5 and uh, already or going to have one by that time and have the game, the upgrade is free. Like yes. if you're like if you want to like if you want to get integrate, like all you would need is the PS5 and the game already so you can just upgrade no, to that. You would have now, to purchase integrate. Integrate, yeah. No, yes. inter well, we're not integrate specifically the, the PS5 uh, upgrade is free. Integrate yes, but is the, not free. Integrate is not free, boy. What's the Where did they uh, say it was free? In the, in the state of play, it said that if you're upgrading, it's free. No, they what they said, said you, you can to... purchase integrate after you've upgraded yeah. to the PS5 version. Okay, hang on. Is episode Yuffie tied to integrate? Is that what it is? Because I know that's you... what it is. Yes, because that's what I was saying. Because the episode Yuffie is part of integrate, but if you want to get like a lot of those improvements, that part is free. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. So, but you. But the. But the point is, you're not buying like the full game over again. Is, is what I'm saying, because episode Yuffie is not as expensive as yeah, the so entirety. Yeah, so what you're saying is the PS5 upgrade is free. Correct, that's what yes. I'm saying. Okay, because it's... Yes, <laughs> like and, 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 yeah, no, 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 not the entire thing is free, no, no, no. Um, but yeah, as far as <clears throat> in, uh, episode Yuffie being exclusive to the PS5, the way uh, the way I see this, I feel like the, like I, I read the press statement about like why is it only on PS5 and whatnot, and it's basically saying that we're taking advantage of the features, and therefore it's you know it, it, because it's tar because PS5 was a target system that we can't make a as gen version. <clears throat> what that I hope means is that episode Yuffie. What I see episode Yuffie in just to begin with is kind of like a test bed for remake part two to begin with to like test off some of the new features and the new enhancements going to PS5. To answer your question, yeah, I 100% think that future episodes, because I don't think Remake Part 2, especially since this is coming out as essentially DLC, I don't think Remake Part 2 is coming out all that soon. Maybe at earliest, like late 2022. So if they're taking all this time to develop it and they're having this out, I'm assuming they really are just like, Final Fantasy VII was always going to be ambitious, and it releasing so late on the PS4 and the PS5 is already incoming... I already kind of foresaw that going forward there was going to have a PS5 focus. Am I shocked that, yeah, that they're going to just like 
this essentially means that PS4 versions are no longer going to be happening. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. But I'm hoping that the improvements in episode Yuffie are noticeable enough that people may not even want to go back. Like, obviously, it's not even a matter of want or if they have to or they, you know, if you have a PS4 and want to get a PS5, you just can't get one. It's not like, you know, you're not, you don't have one because, you know, you don't have the money where it's just that you literally can't get one. I feel like this is going to be the first game, by the way, that's going to, like, really get people to, like, oh, I need to get a PS5 now because I want to play Episode Yuffie because a lot of people that own PS4s do own this game. It was, like, nominated for Game of the Year last year. It was a popular game on that system. And it made them a shit ton of money. It <laughs> sure freaking did. And, like... The fucking uh, Avengers. Trash. Trash. Honestly, honestly. Yeah, and if all they'd have to pay for to get that PS5 version is, like, the priorities for Intergrade then that's a damn good deal. Then all you really need to buy, basically, is the PS5 itself. So, yeah, it's a weird decision, but my hope, optimistic hope, is that there'll be enough improvements in episode Yuffie that it'll be an aha moment that are like, okay, this is why. This is why it had to be on here. And, you know, if it's like the half step going forward to like be the Testament remake too, I hope that a lot of the improvements we see, like PS5 related or otherwise, that go in episode Yuffie do appear in, in sequels. There's a few games in the past have done this, like um Ah shit. Like there's like a po there's like the the re the remake of Heart Gold Soul Silver had a lot of stuff that couldn't be done on like Diamond and Pearl that was then used for black and white. Or another Pokemon example, I feel like the DLC Wild Areas we're probably, hopefully, like, a test bed for, like, maybe even having bigger open-world areas when Gen 9 comes out. That's the way I see it. Mm -hmm. So, it, it makes me, it, it's, it sucks if, you, if you're really trying to get a PS5, but, you know, this will be here for a while, because I think, I really do think this is just a tight over for, uh, you know, Remake Part 2. And I, I'm sure in time, yeah, what's up? I was just going to say, I also forgot another thing I was excited for is that the controller oh. will also have haptic feedback for... Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's going to take advantage of all that stuff. I'm so around. ready. I'm very excited for all that. I want to yeah. feel no. Eric's feet as she walks. Anyway, yeah, that's all my thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, remake, uh, like, I'm looking I'm looking forward to Integrate. The, uh, I'll, yeah, like you said, I'll be looking forward to doing the hard mode finally. Take advantage of them. Beautiful, beautiful textures. And seeing how the episode Yuffie goes out, it's going to be great. And they're going to have a ninety. Sorry, they're going to have a ninety dollar uh, digital deluxe edition. Digital deluxe edition of Final Fantasy VII Remake wow. Integrate um, for PS Five that also includes the digital art book, soundtrack, and Yuffie episode. Go ahead, Kelly. Sorry, I'm the only one without a PS Five now. Uh, so I feel like you know I have opinions about this. Yes, tell me. Um, so. I don't really think... Okay, I haven't finished Final Fantasy VII, but from what I've heard, it's almost like it could be a full game, right? Like, if it was the whole thing, could you, like, be satisfied with that as a title? Okay, yes and no. Okay. Well, is there enough content for what you paid for it? Yes. Okay. And so with that opinion. being said, because... Okay, yeah. With that being said, um, I think that, like, this extra part of it not being on PS4, they got Final Fantasy VII Remake, and if it feels, like I said, I wish I would have completed it by now, but I have no time. Um, so I think that if it feels like a full game, it's not really that big of a deal, but what really does suck is that people can't even get PS5s. And, like, it's, like, another part of the game. It's not like it's an, a different game. It's yeah. still Final Fantasy VII Remake, mm -hmm. but now you're, like, kind of putting up a paywall, 
Mm, Realistically, one. a huge five hundred dollar. Well, I guess four hundred technically. Cause you get the digital version. Um, but like you're really putting up like a huge paywall here for people, and it's a way to sell systems because people will get it. I mean, to be honest, I kind of want to play the continuation. I mean, that would be something that I would I would actually consider if it was coming to PS4. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, I feel like you know not they have a new system out. It sucks that Final Fantasy VII remake's only been out for a year before they're cutting off content for the PS4 though, which I feel like is a little bit crazy. Um, however. I don't really think that it's that it's that bad. Like, I think that it... I mean, they have a new system out. They want people to buy it. It's not like rocket science, you know? It's PlayStation science. <laughs> and they... I mean, they're, they're allowed to make their own decisions, and I think that they'll sell a lot of copies. But you're going to have people mad, because, first of all, you can't get a PS5. Yeah. Barely. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, you get fucking lucky. Like, Gabe probably tried ten fucking times. You know, I mean, a lot. That, sure. Okay. <laughs> well, at least 10 times, and he just got one, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, like, but, like, seriously, people can't even get one, and now they're going to be even more pissed. But, Technically, I, mean, I got two, but... Nah, you got one. Oh. Well... <laughs> no, I have okay. very But, anyways, I, I have seen more, um, like, systems pop up, though. Like, I saw an Xbox Series S on GameStop. I didn't buy it, obviously. But it was up for, like, a while. Like, I had the chance, and I just didn't buy it. Like, I actually made the decision, you know, to not do it. Um, But at the same time, like, people still can't get PS5s. Like, they're going like that, you know? Selling, like, hotcakes. So, just, that's a problem. I, you know, I... I sliver... Mm-hmm. My little... Before I go into the this topic my little sliver of hope for everyone out there who's still ps5 hunting look if i was able to get one and don't worry your woes are coming to an end soon yeah. because i have the worst luck with this type of stuff so that obviously means things are changing so just well, they've been man. more readily available recently so just again and again though and again it was like i was saying before we started the podcast i was actually able to put a ps5 into my cart get to the checkout thing earlier i think it was yesterday or whenever we stopped had another wave oh. they're slightly finally becoming i think yeah I, I think they're getting there like in three in three months time by the time it's getting there i i think by june it will i don't think it'll be easy but i don't think it'll be impossible now Joe Biden is on the case. He surely is. Don't worry. Um, he's on it now. He, we can't get fucking stimulus checks, but he's on that we'll, semiconductors. We'll don't you PS5. worry. You can't afford the PS5 without your stimmy's <laughs> stimmy stim, but but he'll make them available so you can look at them. Um, the only other thing I was gonna say is I do think that um, this is this is how you avoid a cyberpunk situation, right? Like you know oh, that yeah. you can't. If you know that you are going to be unable to make this game playable in the way that it should be on last gen, you just don't make it for last gen. As Mm. opposed to making a game that is bad on last gen because it was developed for this gen. So I can see it as, um, I see it more as that being the reason than I do as like trying to make money. I see it as like, we're, we're literally developing, you know, we're pushing the envelope making next-gen stuff, making big worlds. We have ambitious things. And, like, I just don't... I understand if it, if they just tried to do... Because I don't think they intentionally 
started making Final Fantasy VII Remake with the in- uh, with the intention of excluding the PS4 completely. Like, I don't think that was their intention when they first started to make the game. But I do think it might have been a really tough conversation. I don't think it was an easy conversation. I don't think it was like, we're just gonna, you know, try to make money and exclude everyone. I do think it was like a, at the end of the day, this is not looking how we want it to look on base PS4. So we're just not going to offer it. Obviously, I don't know. But um, that's that's just my opinion on it. I, I do feel like it, it, it is it is because of that reason. But what do I know? I, I like talking about like, yeah, if they couldn't do it, then, you know, make it for the PS5 version. Reminds me of like a little a funny anecdote. So like Hyrule Warriors, you know, it got a 3DS port after its initial Wii U version. So it could actually sell. But, you know, this was years before Switch came out. And like, the 3DS Hyrule Warriors, you could play it on an old 3DS and not the new 3DS. But if you did, the game frame rate was absolute trash. It was like sub 30. And if you had the 3D on, the 3D, 3D effect on, it was a slideshow. So oh what they did, so yeah, I had a new 3DS with the 3D off. So it was never a problem for me when I played that version. But for people who had old 3DS and they reviewed it, that game got like abysmal scores for people who owned that old 3DS. So when Fire Emblem Warriors came out, obviously that's on Switch, but they added a 3DS port. But they made it exclusive to the new Nintendo 3DS because they heard those complaints like, this cannot run on old 3DS. So we'll make it. So if you have to play it on 3DS, make sure it's at least the new one. And 3D was disabled so they could, the frame rate could actually run. Yeah, like that, that's how I feel like this is, this development is going forward. Right. And I mean, you know what? Even just the textures, because you know, that's what everyone was talking shit about. Because they like textures didn't even load in Final Fantasy VII remake on base PS4. Like that's how, that's how much stuff is packed into that fucking game. Like, that game was I, like made for the pro for sure. Well, like, I mean, I played on the base PS4. I, did you notice the textures in the background that didn't load in? I didn't really care. Everything else was so pretty. Like I don't even think that's I noticed. What I said. But people were very like they literally but took screenshots like, of it. Yeah. But, like, it's whatever. Nah. People are picky, especially when it comes to, like, you know, long-loved franchises mm-hmm. like Final Fantasy, sure. which I never played before, so I was like, I don't know what the fuck it's supposed to look like, you know? Looks <laughs> <laughs> well, good to me, I don't know. I play fucking Valheim. It looks like two pixels <laughs> on a screen, so... <laughs> as long as you're having fun. Yeah. Anyways. Okay. Gabe? I was going to say, I don't think that they're going to exclude the Final Fantasy VII Remake Part Two from PS4 things. I think this is strictly just the DLC thing. Um, how It might have to do with, you know, software and graphics not being able to run. And, the, you know, there's probably there's some things that the PS5 can do that a PS4 can't with the PS4 Pro. So I think, like, this project was specifically made for PS5. But you got to be stupid not to put the second... Unless you're planning on releasing Part 2 in another 5 to 10 years, there's no reason it shouldn't go on PS4. I'm That's glad all to I see to that stick, even though he got a PS5, he's not just like, fuck PS4 <laughs> no, forever. No, look, listen. listen the, PS4, the, PS4, the PS4 was my baby. I love that system with all my heart. I will never say that about the PS4. God bless the PS4. You know, Gabe, I hope you're right. I don't necessarily agree with you, but I do hope you're right. Well, I'm usually the right one, so we'll see in a couple of years. 
Okay. <laughs> <laughs> See, the only the only reason I want to be right is so I can say I was right about a Final Fantasy topic over Jarrell. I mean, will, that's look, I could be laid to rest. <laughs> don't, I am not like end all be all Final Fantasy. There are people that have been right over me, so I won't be personally affected by that. Like, I actually hope that you're right. But if it's me, I hope it's you're right. Me, I mean. I hope you're right. On my bucket list. The first thing I said was, "There's no way they can exclude millions of players from playing Final Fantasy VII Remake because it's not available on PS4." Like that's literally the first thing I thought. But then I was also like, "Okay, but this is also Cyberpunk 2077 territory. Like, if you continue development and now you have all these improvements and that's your base going forward, yeah, this is not going to work on on like this is not going to work on base PS4." And therefore, you're going to have to, going forward, exclude something. So, I mean, I don't know why they would only do it for DLC that's going to essentially end up probably somehow, in some way, being integral to the story um, of Final Fantasy VII. Because uh, then that's kind of like a Kingdom Hearts thing, where you just exclude titles by placing them on other platforms. But they're, <laughs> like, integral parts of the story. So you have so no idea what happens games. between 1 and 2 because you didn't play on DS when you originally played on PlayStation. Like, right. that's essentially what would be happening if they did that. Um, just because of, like, Yuffie as a character, as a one of the main characters in Final Fantasy VII Remake. Um, so, I'd like... What? <laughs> like, you just... oh, but, 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 but to counteract that, then, if she's such a main character, one, why isn't she in the main game? Then two. She is. One of what the, are you it, talking about? Oh damn! You spoiled it for me. Thanks, Jarrell. What are you talking about? I literally said she's one of the main characters in Final Fantasy VII. She's in your party in Final Fantasy VII. I said you that. the remake. No, she's not. Spoiler. That's a spoiler. What? The remake? Oh, you know what? Right, now, see, now I'm getting two different things. You know what? No, she's not. Is that a story change? Is no, that a story, it's change? Not a story no, change? No, 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 no. Yuffie yeah, is like for the no, without spoilers. The portion of remake, the, the portion of Final Fantasy that's being told in remake, Yuffie was not in that part. Yes, we were all like yeah. before this DLC announcement, we were all expecting her to just start appearing, starting from part two. So this yeah. is giving us her yeah. a little early, basically. Yes. What does give me a tiny bit of satisfaction is the fact that like gamers kind of brought this on themselves by like taking the base PS4 version. And like being like, look how shitty it looks. I mean, Fine. facts. You don't get it. You That's don't get the DLC. Then. Fine. Fuck it. Because yeah. they could have released it. You don't get it then. Yes. Yeah. But I feel like they were you're like, Fine, you're gonna complain about the graphics. I don't care. We'll just release we, it on we, PS5. We, we, we fix we fix problem. What yep. what's what's the problem? But like seriously though, they were like complaining yeah. about how bad it looked. <laughs> and then okay, fine. Pull the plug, pull the plug on PS4 I mean, I, I really, I, you, now I confidently in my mind believe that they went into that boardroom and they were like, look at these ungrateful bitches going forward. We are so give a fuck. We made so much money last year that we don't care. We're just going to keep it up. And now, uh, Sony's going to be really happy because their exclusivity means they're about to sell more PS5. So, uh, Sony's about to get more PS5 sales. Final Fantasy's about to get more, more, uh, software sales. Uh, we're all happy and all these assholes are going to go spend more money so they can shut the fuck up. I agree. You're right, Kelly. It all makes sense now. Fuck them. <laughs> fuck everyone who complained about textures. Literally, I was like, they've been cares? epically pwned. <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> I literally was like, who cares? Like, do y'all see the characters? Like, do y'all see? Like, you can, like, like see the pores on and, Cloud's like, face. Like, who, it's ridiculous. And they're like, oh, Get my it. background is not loading. I was like, Get your hand out of your pants. Exactly. Exactly. Who cares? You can't Quit see the trash in the background. Tifa. Look at Cloud's eyeballs, bitches. I don't give a really? fuck about the trash in the Every, background. like, single strand of, of hair. hair. Like, hello. Who cares, cares about that refuse there? Tifa is right there. Yeah. Right? Exactly. I know. Who's looking at the background when you got a bunch of sexy people right. in the foreground? Everybody like, in Final Fantasy I am working only ridiculously here. <laughs> Why are you not looking directly at them? Bitches. And the other part is literally the backgrounds are usually literal trash. Like, you were yes! in this love the city, the city <laughs> is like the trashiest place ever. It's full of garbage. It's like a slum. It's literally a slum, yes. It's literally a slum. And they're just like, this isn't real enough slum. I, I don't know. I yep. just I would never complain about that game. I didn't even notice. I, man, I just I love Yuffie. I'm so excited. I like the voice yeah. acting. How'd you guys feel about Yuffie's voice? Out of curiosity. Oh, it's great. It's great. This is exactly what I would expect from Yuffie, honestly. It's peppy just like her. So I have no point of reference. I have no point of reference. In in um Kingdom Hearts, you know, it was Christy Carlson Romano. So I was like, this is so Better. No offense to her, but I was like, this is so much better. I went Ooh, back and you know what's interesting? You know what's interesting? Chrissy Carlson Romano only voiced her in Kingdom Hearts 1. After that, it was, I think it was, May, it was Mae Whitman, the one who voiced Katara in Avatar Last Editor, mm-hmm. bringing that background. And I was like, this is like, I'm feeling Yuffie. Like, I'm very excited. I love her. She's so cute. I love her little haircut. I need to see who's voicing her because it sounds familiar, but I, I couldn't quite. Bro, I was like, who is the voice of that dude? Too, because they sound so familiar. Like they both sound. I'm so sure by tomorrow I'll probably know because someone will tweet about it, or they either they figured it out, or the voice actor be like, "Hey, I'm the voice of you know." I tweeted I, and nobody answered me, so y'all need to hurry up and answer me on Twitter at Jitbo. Don't fuck with what? me. I need to know. I want to know too. I, I, I do. I do want to know who voiced those two because you know those are gonna be the main characters. Also, again, I want to reiterate. I think it's awesome that this is coming out in June when That's I didn't so expect. Anything, anything this year, yeah. News for like, at, mo- at most, I was expecting a PS5 port to come yes, out this year. Of course, and but that free. plus these features and an episode, yeah, that's way more than I expected. So happy surprise! I know. I was like, look at Square Enix working from home. They learn how to develop their shit. Go ahead. I mean, to be fair, I feel like they probably just already had it like almost ready when they were making Final Fantasy 7. They probably did it like a like a Lord of the Rings, like you film it all at once and then you fucking release. Yeah, I think I saw end. today actually that Tatsuya Nomura is taking a break from um, Final Fantasy 7 remake and he's passed the uh, directorial uh, seat onto someone else. Yeah, he's creative director, not director. Yeah, he's not even doing that currently for this next part. Mm. Um... Because I guess he's gonna. They were go. like, "Them textures was off." <laughs> I think I guess he's gonna go work on Kingdom Hearts or some shit. I don't know. Um, they don't care about textures in that. I guess they don't. <laughs> they clearly don't. Yeah, it said the next Final Fantasy VII remake installment director will be Hamaguchi, because okay. um, he's involved with a lot of projects. He will be continuing with uh, FSNR series as creative director instead. Not so mm. from Famitsu, so. Anyway, it's been a long one. It's been a lovely one. I'm going to end this podcast with um, a question for you all. Um, 
first of all, who wants to go first? Me. Okay. Ooh, nice. Oh God, wait, no. Brandon wants no, to go no, first. No, I, I don't. I, 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 I didn't say anything. Nah. Wait, Gabe's not listening. It was him. <laughs> okay. Hold on. Let me grab my questions. Um. No, so okay. I decided that. Okay. I decided that I'm going to ask you guys questions to get to know you more instead of questions about video games. So that way everyone can know what we're talking about. Um, Also, because Brandon knows all the answers to to everything. So I was like, I'm not even going to, I'm not even going to attempt this. Um, Where is it? Give me two seconds. Pew, 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 pew. Tap, tap, tap. Oh no. Guys, what happened? So I've, I've actually been posting some of my questions in in chat, and I was like, oh, I think these, some of these will be really fun to ask. Oh, those questions. On a podcast. Ooh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, what the heck? This is what happens when you close your iPad early, and then you can't find your shit. Up oh, here we go. All right, Kelly. Question number one is for you. Okay. In two seconds, because now I have to I'm, download a file. I'm getting scared. The anticipation is crazy. <laughs> don't, 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 no, don't, don't, don't be scared. Um, I'm sorry. Can we do more seconds? All right, Kelly. Yes. We want to get to know you more. When was the last time that you felt guilty? When was the last time I felt guilty? Mm-hmm. And for what, if you want to share? Mm. Mm. Do you want me to come back to you? <laughs> no, it's fine. <laughs> um, I mean... I don't even want to say it. You don't have to. <laughs> I mean, I honestly, I'm just going to go with this because it's less personal, I guess. Um, I feel guilty at work all the time because, like, like sometimes because I'm working from home, I'm like, you know, watching State of Play or <laughs> Direct, and I feel, like, really bad um, and guilty. Um, but... For the most part, I work like all the time, so I shouldn't feel bad. Um, but at the same time, like, I don't want to be distracted. So like, and I just started this job. So that's like something I feel guilty about. Also, really, I feel guilty a lot about a lot of things. Uh, so I feel guilty about not writing articles for HB Critical. <laughs> I've been thinking about that. Like, earlier I was just thinking to myself, like, God, I haven't written anything. <laughs> And I was writing so much, and I feel really bad. You shouldn't feel guilty. I have a lot of ideas, but just getting them onto paper is like... You should not feel guilty, because honestly, whenever you submit something, I'm just like, perfect. Like, this is... I know it's going to be perfect. I can just throw it out there. It's like the easiest thing in the world, and it's usually great, and it always does really well for us, because you're always on top of, like the latest scariest game and everyone's just like what? oh my god what is that like your your reviews always get so many views for us so like there oh, there is something i want to play that labyrinthine review i put out there's a new uh chapter i need to play it and like yeah, that, that, that review i think is still one of the best ones on our um on our site currently for check analytics 
Yeah, so we don't should feel check them bad. out. Don't feel guilty. Okay. I won't feel bad. I just, I'm trying to make a lot of things happen, including personal things and work things and everything. And it's a lot. I'm always slacking in some department. Like I haven't streamed in a week. I haven't written any articles. I haven't played any games. Do you know what's so funny? An hour ago, someone checked out your Should You Play This Labyrinth thing review. Literally. Because a new chapter was out. And they're like, hmm, should I play this? There you go. <laughs> I gotta give an update. People are hungry for it. They're waiting on you, Kelly. They are. I'm gonna write that. Um, I'm actually going to ask you both the same question. When's the last time you felt guilty? Uh, for me, it was about three days ago. And what happened with that was... <clears throat> so, my niece and her daughter moved to uh, Hawaii, like, literally on Tuesday. That's so, that? Oh, that's cool. Oh, yeah, no. no I'm, I'm, I'm a guy who moved. Never mind. It's okay. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah, they moved to Hawaii. I'm going to be... Uh, I'm. I might be taking a trip within the next few months to go see them. But, like, they came on Monday, we hung out for a little bit and just, like, watched some stuff, you know, as basically a little goodbye visit. But, like, she wanted, but they wanted to do, like, a quick Mario Kart, but I was working on something and slash eating, and then they had to go, so I didn't get a chance to do that Mario Kart game with them, and I felt really guilty. Oh, no. So, my resolution is when I do go to Hawaii, I'll bring my Switch and I'll end the dock so we can do some Mario Kart matches to make up for it. It could have. It could have. But I'll make <laughs> Gabe, what about you? I have another question because I don't feel guilty a lot and I can't bring up in my mind what was the last time. Just say you you don't you don't feel guilty because you don't regret anything you ever do. Say Pretty that, much. yeah. Do I, 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 yeah, I know. That's it. I'm, yeah. I also don't Which makes me sound so. like a bad guy, but at the same time, I put a lot of thought into what I do, and a lot of the things I do and say are on purpose. Oh. I'm just kidding. My last one, the last time I felt guilty was actually doing this podcast because I was reminded that I never hit submit on that article that I wrote for the last podcast. <laughs> and uh, So if you're listening to this, you probably heard the last one because I saw that we got some listens on the last one. Um, I'm sorry for everyone who didn't know that it was out. It was totally my fault. I have been working since last Wednesday and things have just gotten away from me. But I don't feel guilty anymore because this shit's gonna come out, and so is this one. And with that, I hope that everyone who's listening has I'll had a wonderful time. Double the time. posting for me. I hope that everyone that's listening has had a wonderful time, and I can't wait to come back and talk to you all next week. And um, yeah, we're gonna you know have more questions, get to know us a little bit more, and talk more video game stuff as per huge. And it'll probably be some diversity inclusion bullshit because you know I'm coming with it. So hate me if you wanna. And with that, good night, everybody. Good night. A snooch.